This is The Extra Sheep, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast, hosted by myself, Sockerton, along with uh, Beal. And we're excusing Sir Neville's today, but in his stead, uh, standing in for him is the wonderful Askeladd, who you might recognize from Rising Empires and the Warchief uh, Club in the casting for Low Elo Legends. Uh, so it's us three today here in our virtual town center studios. Um, it's been a while. It's been a long while since we've uh, recorded one of these. We we were just talking before we started that uh, we kind of got in the momentum of not recording. And once you do that, it's kind of hard to hop back on the horse. So here we are, though. Um, how you guys? How you guys doing today? Doing pretty Great. good. Thanks. I know Askeladd's like pushing off night night time for us right now. So we appreciate him all the way out in Europe late at night staying up with us. And uh, Beal, Beal's here, too, I guess. he showed up he showed up better than sir neville wandered in here it's like we still doing this uh we are gonna excuse of course sir neville's um the detroit lions actually i'm really i'm actually excited to watch that game um the detroit lions are going all the way i think every sunday i just am assuming he's getting like absolutely wasted uh (laughs) because for for anyone who doesn't know american football um don't don't feel bad let me just give you a breath imagine like the worst team one of the worst teams in sports right and not only the worst, they just like have never won a championship, have never like haven't even won like a, a playoff game, a postseason game in 32 years. And then suddenly they're winning and suddenly they're winning multiple playoff games. And suddenly they're a game away from the Super Bowl. That, that's the Lions. And so they're uh, he's a hometown kind of fan. He's from the from the Michigan area. So Detroit Lions, is, that's in Michigan. Uh, we fully excuse their levels. I get it. And I get it, man. As a Seattle guy, when Seattle was was uh, going to the Super Bowl and being really big. When, you're, when your team's finally winning after a lifetime of not winning, you just kind of, you just kind of, you feel good about it, right? It's like, it's like when uh, HRE finally gets its uh, big, big buff one of these days and, and are finally good again. <laughs> yeah, go Lions. Go uh, Lions. Go HRE. Go HRE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I've got, uh, before we get into some news and stuff today, I, I, this will probably be, you probably have already seen this will probably be a shorter episode, uh, just cause we're just kind of getting back in the swing of things. It is a new year. And, and frankly, we kind of picked a good time to not record for a month. I feel like, cause there's been no real big changes or updates. You know, we, we haven't really missed any coverage of anything other than a small, I think there was like a small, uh, patch. I think we already covered it though. I think they had a small hot fix patch a little while ago before the end uh, the new year. Um, so mostly I've been just playing. I mean, I know Beal's been kind of not playing as much, uh, but and Askeladd was saying kind of the same. Uh, Caleb Calamari has been playing more AOE lately, um, but I've been grinding, guys. I have been grinding. I, I don't know if we said on the podcast that my goal was to hit Diamond. I think that I think we mentioned that, right? We, we, do we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, you're Diamond Dog now. We all said Diamond for uh, the new season. That was the goal. I did it. Dude, oh my gosh. I, before I did, too, there were multiple instances. I think two or three times I came within a point literally a point of being diamond uh now i'm sitting up there though because then, the, then there's like that that uh, oh what's it called uh the imposter syndrome sinks in and i'm like okay well i'm really a plat guy who's pretending to be a diamond one uh but now every time i finish my stream i'll play like three or four games and i'm consistently sticking that diamond one now so uh i guess nice. i'm a diamond guy i'm a diamond one guy which isn't that high but actually i say that it's getting it's getting up there you know it's, it's starting to be respectable yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good good milestone to hit. Um, I know I was pumped the first time I hit diamond, although that was the end of season four. So I hit diamond and did the cowards thing of like, okay, 
Let's see uh, what never quick match offers for the rest <laughs> of the season. I definitely did that for a week. I definitely like when I first got it, I was like, okay, I'm here. I was like, I'm going to go quick match for a week. And I actually, I did something kind of cool. Cause I mean, some people might deride me a little bit. Cause I've been playing a Ubids. Um, that was what I used to get to diamond. Um, and I know, I know the fast castle super annoying. Um, everyone's saying it's OP. It's not fun to play against. I've got mixed thoughts on that. I don't like entirely disagree by any means. I definitely agree to an extent with that uh, sentiment. And I get it. I do get it. Um, but I would say the thing I did that I, I actually the reason I, I'm actually really comfortable saying I really am a diamond one guy is I went to quick match and I started learning how to play Roos actually. And now I've been carrying that this last week in particular, last week and a half, two weeks, I've been playing Roos on the ranked ladder and I'm still diamond one. I haven't lost ground. I'm actually sticking right where I was. And that's with playing the most annoying Civ against me multiple times. So what you're saying is you went from the top four Civ to the top three Civ and you stayed on your level, right? I wasn't going to bring it up. I, yeah, I was going to let yeah. him celebrate. I was going to say, oh, you went. Oh, I want to point that out, though. I yeah. want to point that out, though. No one is going to look at anyone who plays Roos and go, oh, you're playing an OP Civ. Why does I've been that, doing well, that for the last three seasons? But uh, I I, I want to yeah. raise that point because I feel like people are so vehemently against mm -hmm. Ayubids, but then like Roos has been good for a freaking year, and no one is calling for them to be nerfed. I'm I'm just calling for them to be raidable in feudal age, and then they're fine. Like yeah, they're really strong, but that's that's fine. I just want that it to be fun to fight against something, and it's not fun to fight against Iobit Fast Castle. It's literally just it's literally just the. The, the Kremlin, I think. That literally is it. If the Kremlin didn't have the Grammys popping out to defend, I, I really think they'd be still a good Civ, but not what they are. Yeah, I just think Remember it's Remember three seasons ago when everyone was saying Golden Gate is the best landmark in the game? Yeah, it's still okay, right, right, really right good. Right after Aachen Chapel. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing, right? Is like that, I mean, the best landmark in the game should be Aachen Chapel and uh, Golden Gate. But honestly, I have to say the best landmark is the Kremlin. Because it's used beyond anything else. It's advantage it gives uh, Roos to do that. It's just out of the world. It's just it's, it is basically, do you want a free second town center without being harassed? Harassed, yeah. Landmark. I, I, well, and the problem with, and everyone gets really mad at a Ubid's Fast Castle because they don't like to play against I it. I do. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but I look at like Zushi's legacy, though, and they're castling faster than a Ubids with the same kind of tempo and usually dropping like a TC as well. Uh, it, it, I feel like there's this weird moment right now where like a couple of civs, it, it's interesting to see who hates on what. It's like, OK, like it's like choose your character, right? Choose your, your character. Do you want to hate on Zushi? Do you want to hate on Joan of Arc? Do you want to hate on Roos or do you want to hate on a Ubids or, or like an English longbow, like for some random reason? I don't like everyone like has their one thing they like will like foam at the mouth over by how much they hate and then like ignore the other problems of the other civs and why they're busted and broken. So you just you did say that Kremlin may be one of the like best landmarks in the game, but Zhuji and the Meditation Gardens. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. nuts. And the fact that it's still glitched. So like you don't even have an in, you have a negative incentive to Explain, explain that glitch in case yeah, anyone doesn't know. If you take it down, then you're just sabotaging yourself. Yeah, be, uh, yeah. you guys explain that. Explain, just in case anyone doesn't know, let's explain what the glitch with meditation gardens is. Actually, actually, actually for, 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 let's just tone it down even more. I know some people know, 
But just in case someone doesn't know anything about this landmark, can you guys get, just get me to teach me about the meditation gardens? Yeah, you drop the meditation gardens and based on the resources around it in a certain vicinity, um, you'll gain passive resources. So if there are berries or gold mines, stone deposits um, and wood and wood. Yeah. Depending on the density of the resources around the meditation gardens. Uh, when you build it, you get a different amount of passive resources. And depending on the map generations, you can find some insanely cracked spots to drop it. Um, and the passive resource generation, uh, you can get like oh. around 100 resources per minute. Oh, I've seen um, more. I've seen way more. I've seen uh, up yeah. to about almost 200 plus. Mm hmm. So silver, Malian, what's it called? The Manza Quarry it gives 75 gold or stone per minute. That's, that's pretty good. That's a good baseline, right? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. I've never Then you drop out that meditation or, garden or, with like 180 resources per minute and you just think to yourself, okay. Seems, seems nice. Well, seems not good. only that, you get to choose what resources you want, right? You can kind of pick and choose what types of resources you want to go with it. Whereas the Manza Quarry, it's just stone or gold, which is good, but like... Yeah, the, man, the, the meditation garden is good. Now, now the, the exploit, though, the exploit about the meditation gardens, what happens when you tear it down and then rebuild it? Yeah, so... Uh, it snapshots again. It, and adds it. <laughs> yep, it uh, just doubles the, uh, the amount of resources generated per minute once it's rebuilt. So you do have situations where I've seen some Zushi players just build it so far forward to, like... in try to bait out the opponent to destroy it so that they can rebuild the gardens uh, later in the game and just have an insane amount of resources per minute. I mean, I've, I've walled in a forward meditation garden before and was gathering the berries under it with 10 villagers. So for every villager in the vicinity or for every unit in the vicinity that your opponent has, you get 10% less effectiveness. So that, that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, and then that, that's my big problem with this is I, I have a hard time liking passive generation uh, of income. I, I think that inherently is not great uh, for a couple of reasons. And part of that is the lack of counterplay, right? And now everyone's going to go, oh, but Socrates, there is a counterplay, right? Just park your units on the meditation gardens. It's like, okay, that's not really feasible, but also only a 10%, like only minus 10% isn't huge i have to park like 10 units plus on that thing and just keep them there usually the meditation gardens is in a place that's more defendable and then it, uh, you can't tell me that that's really counterplay right and the fact that if i tear that thing down it just gets built up and i don't know how they haven't just hot fixed that yet like that seems like such a huge thing they need to fix um if they don't fix that in this patch i swear that everyone's joking that like what's going to happen in this patch is like another byzantine's nerf <laughs> I feel like it should be there should be a patch coming soon. We know that they announced uh, something it. for January or, or late January, early February. So any day now, we're kind of just waiting to see when a patch is going to pop up. Actually, now that we're recording this episode, I, it's almost guaranteed that it's going to happen the day I post it. So uh, on Tuesday, it probably it'll probably be live for all we know. But yeah, Jushi's is a. <sighs> that's that's the one I, I guess I, that's my main character, right? That's my character I, I picked to froth at the mouth over is uh, Jushi's. That's the one that infuriates me because I've kind of gotten over Joan of Arc. I mean, she's she's annoying and I want things to be fixed for that. But I don't I can't look at her and honestly say she's overpowered. I, I, well, she's a little overtuned. She's pretty she's pretty tough. There's a, there's a game I had. I, I should show you guys this. I want to I want to have Ask Letter someone look at it uh, or maybe have 10 for Tim cast. I was going to have someone look at it. 
I played as Roos, you know, because now I'm a dirty Roos player. I can't win. I, have to, I really can't win with what I pick. Um, now that I'm a dirty Roos player. You, you um, could pick HRE. I used to. And then I, I was everyone sitting in Globe 2. I was sitting in Globe 2 and it sucked. And I was one dimensional. And everyone, then everyone got mad that my fast castle was 722. And I was being told I'm a dirty HRE player. So I, I really can't win. Uh, <laughs> order so, of the Dragon, man. Order of the Dragon. There we go. That, you know, that might be the one. It's hard to not respect Order of the Dragon. But I, I've, had mauled, I've had people maul mm-hmm. about everything. Um, actually, I really enjoy English, uh, long, uh, English Vill rushing. That's been really, really fun to do against uh, Zushi. Okay, against Zushi, because those words coming out of your mouth was like, all right. I, I have said every time I do it, I feel dirty. I feel evil doing it, and I feel like I need to go repent and like cleanse myself of my sins. But against Zushi, no, that's fine. Against Zushi, it feels fine. I'll also do it against Ayubids, I, I, and I don't feel bad about it because I've had it done to me. Um, and, jo- and Joan of Arc, actually. the pain. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of places I'll do it to. Um, what was I saying? Dang, I totally got off track what I was trying to say. Something about Zushi's. Oh, 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 Joan of Arc. Um, I was playing as Roos. And I was raiding the crap out of this guy. He went for like, just, he went mass, uh, cav, mass, mass, uh, uh, knights, obviously. And then he had a bunch of archers. I went for my own knights and I had, uh, my own archers. And I just was, I was winning fights left and right. I went for three TCs eventually after a little bit. Um, on my eco, I was raiding his eco behind it. He had 20 vills. I had a hundred. He lasted until castle age because his freaking Joan of Arc just kept pushing in. and kept trying to ram rush me right into my face. And I was like, man, how is he still able to field an army? Because I was winning battle after battle. Uh, and literally, I swear, most of it was just Joan of Arc and just that heal ability and just how tough she like. There's no incentive. She got up to age four, but he was stuck in feudal age, I think. Ooh, yeah. And I was like, how is he not dead? I'm up in age. I've got three TCs. He's got one. I was raiding every single villager he had trying to end the game. And I'm like, he's still coming at me with 20 knights and a level four Joan of Arc. And he just kept ram rushing. And someone was telling me, well, you don't have to fight her. I'm like, well, what would I do? Just let him send rams and crush my base out? He had like four or five rams at one point and tried doing that, that feudal push, you know, as I was eco booming. And it just, it took a long time for me to close that game out. But it, literally it was because Joan of Arc just was getting all this XP because I had I had to fight her. So I I, I don't know. I, I feel like there needs to be an incentive still to fight Joan of Arc as the opponent. There's got to be some kind of risk and reward, some kind of counterplay. Besides, because I did I did the rating thing and eventually it won me the game. To my credit, it did work. It just took forever and it wasn't fun. He was down to 20 vills. Kid you not. When you feel like it's such a slouch to just kill someone you you think you're like, yeah, I've, I've killed about 100 villagers at this point. How mm-hmm. is he still alive? How, how does that work? Yep. I was completely aghast. I just had no idea what was. Uh, and I was like, I did this. Just, it was like, it's like that scene in uh, Emperor's New Groove where they're like, wait, how'd you get here before us? And she's like, how did we crunk? And he pulls down like the map. And he's like, yeah, by all means, it uh, doesn't make any sense. That's how I felt like full stop. Like I just, she, she's a bit weird. There needs to be some kind of detriment to killing her because having her pop right back out is, is awful. But to my, to, to kind of loop back again, though, um, there's just, I feel like there's like just so many sieves that have, I feel like you could complain about every mechanic of every sieve. So I kind of start hating myself for hating on Jushis too much because I just feel like, well, I, I don't want to hate on all the sieves so much because clearly they're all broken in some way or shape or form. Um, but then I play against a Zushi player and I, I start frothing again. 
Here's my suggestion for next episode. We will be making a tier list uh, for the least hated sibs. I like that idea. <laughs> I like that idea. I mean, I mean, what's everybody the... loves the Abbasid. Uh, Abbasid trade wing. Hello. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you put that on like a yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, I was gonna say Delhi, but having that no. feudal pressure sucks. Del- Delhi all no. in. Sorry. Yeah, Delhi all no. in like sucks to deal with. Dare I say French? Has French become? Has French gone from heel to hero? Uh, I mean, lower. You certainly do see people complain about the French on, like. <laughs> Golds and plats are just like I yeah. who can't deal with the raids. Like, just what like, about I, like plat and above though? Like plat and above, would we say that that, that French at this point is like a refresh? I mean, to me, I feel like it's refreshing to see French uh, above plat now. Yeah, no, I mean, are very, uh, very regular, normal, mm. not, like moral. Let's just call it moral. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going through. I'm taking a look uh, just at a list of sieves and just mentally being like, yep, that's what, that's what tilts me about this sieve. Yep, I get tilted about this with this sieve. Just going down the list. Like, there's something like, for every single one. No, I, I got something for all of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Japanese is really difficult. I think Japanese is the one I feel the most okay with as far as. Everything goes. I feel like Japanese is difficult, but I, I, I don't know. Japanese is one that I don't hate as much, even though they're not a bad. Japanese is probably the best sieve that I don't dislike, if that makes sense. Like they have the best power spikes and the best design and the most powerful compositions. Uh, not, not that that overall. I'm just saying like, for how good they are, I don't hate them as much as I hate other sieves, if that makes sense. <laughs> I guess the Byzantines might be the most loved. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That gold, gold, when they start doing the gold thing and the mass limitane, I'll say there's a couple things they can do. And the fact that they just have a counter to everything, they're the most one of the most reactive sieves. Like you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a uh, so I'm queuing up for ranked. I get put, I'm already like I've got two losses in a row, queuing up again. We're at the like match screen right before the game's loading in. And Sieves that I'd rather see, like sieves that I don't immediately go, oh shit, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be rough. Um, I don't mind seeing Japanese, French, Byzantines. Yeah. Depending on the sieve I'm playing, like Abbasid, I don't mind. Don't mind seeing. I don't mind seeing English. Um, honestly, unless I'm when I was playing Abbasid, I did mind seeing that, mm-hmm. but. I'll say, as a Ubit, I don't like do it that. as much because I kept getting Vil rushed. Uh, but then I started doing it myself, and I, I've really come to, a, I've come to enjoy the dark side just a little bit. Yeah, don't mind playing against uh, an Abbasid player either. Can I just say, That's I always... actually don't mind going against an Ubit's player. Maybe it's because I know the Civ well enough by playing it, but I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. actually that hard for me to play against. Genuinely. I've got to make just a New Year's resolution to like play at least one match every single day. Wow. Uh, just because I've been one. <laughs> or at least one, at least yeah, seven a week or maybe so. Maybe it's like cumulative. Like if I miss a day. Yeah. It has, so seven a week, seven, seven games forward. a week at least, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to keep, keep going up. Oh uh, yeah. Cause I, I've definitely, you know, 
in between the release of the latest patch and and now I haven't played a lot, um, but I am sitting tight, excited for whatever they roll out next. Yeah, I think the patch Definitely. is going to be really good. I, I'm, I'm like, I feel like this last patch was really interesting because they used such kid gloves with Joan of Arc and then they like nerfed Byzantines a lot, which some of those changes, I think we said even then a couple episodes ago, like, I don't feel like we're bad. I just feel like the problem with Byzantines is it takes a long time for them to get going. Once they get going, they don't, you can't stop them, but it just takes a while for them to get going. Their feudal game doesn't feel great at all. And this game, I think the problem right now is Certain sieves, I think, would be viable if the overall meta, because you got the meta for each sieve, right? And then there's the overarching meta throughout the whole game. Because um, the, the overarching meta used to be 2TC play. Um, mm-hmm. 2TC or 3TC, like, booming, right? That used to be the overarching meta that, like, that's what the best players did. Now, you do see 2TC still. They've nerfed the, the price. The price is heavier now uh, with the stone increase, which is, like, almost a year ago now that they did that. Uh, but... The feudal aggression has just skyrocketed, right? Like that has become such a big thing. And I, I think one of the counters to that is to fast castle, which is why I think certain sieves that do that get a lot of flack. Um, I'm thinking of like a Ubids in particular. It can really, really thwarts the overall meta by just castling up before you can do anything. Uh, I think that's why people hate that sieve so much. Same with like Jushi, right? Because Jushi, you know, could do the overarching meta of just all in Zug Rush, which is really oppressive. Or they could fast castle or they, you know, and so I think a couple sieves that can kind of break that mold and upend the overall meta end up being more disliked than others. Because um, Delhi is exactly the kind of sieve that's in meta right now. Of just full feudal aggression, like potentially dropping, getting some eco bonuses from like the sacred sites or maybe dropping another TC eventually. But they could just go one TC and just play. Um, whereas Roos could do some feudal aggression or go two TC. Like it's kind of, it's kind of the meta. I feel like the fast castle isn't really liked right now isn't really the meta right now except for like the outlying ayubids it's like the one that does it or maybe zushi so those are the two fast castle sieves HRE you got japanese as well oh that's true, that's true that's true that's true samurai is yeah pretty strong they also can play a pretty good feudal game i think as well they can own a bagasha mm-hmm. rush or they can go multiple town centers i think that's why i like japanese they're they don't feel like their castle timing isn't oppressively fast nor is it overly impressive. Same with their 2TC play, same with their 1TC all-in. I think all those feel, like, good, but not exceptional. And so I don't feel like they rise above the rest to being, like, hated, you know? Whereas, like, a Ubids can castle up in, like, ah, usually, usually you've got 7 and 45, 8, 15 is kind of the, the optimal timing, and then they can get, basically, they get Gulams in your base before 10 minutes is kind of the goal. I, I really wish it was true, but I hope it's click up at below six minutes. Yeah, yeah, but they're not, I, I'm counting like when they get into castle, right? Because I'm, I'm counting. I don't like actually when they know how it. long advancement wing takes. I think like forty seconds. It takes longer now. No, it's 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 longer than that. They because they increased it by fifteen seconds a while ago. At the last, the latest, latest hot patch actually increased it. It's like a what is it? It, it they added fifteen seconds to it, so it it takes quite a while because i know because my normal uh feudal timing was 412 and then it increased to 436 or so because of the extra 15 seconds or so they added it's more like when you when you try to counter it it's it feels really bad because even if you rush your aggression in unless mm-hmm. you're going dark age by the time you arrive they will be 
about a hundred resources away from clicking up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's because they don't need it. The problem is because they don't need that much resources. Right. So that's, that's the real crux of it is they just, their castle time, their castle is just super cheap. Same with like Zushi, like their age ups are just super cheap. And that's why I think it's, it's you can't really deny it. There's no counterplay because you can't deny the age up because unlike HRE, they have to get all 1200 food, 600 gold. Uh, Whereas with Zushi and Ayub, it's having that cheaper means you don't have time. The window to deny it just doesn't exist. Unless you like Dark Age shenanigans, which I don't think is a bad idea. I think I've seen some I think I've seen some success with that. It's very safe dependent. So Yeah, that, that's true. Dark Age uh, ability to do Dark Age stuff is very safe dependent. That's why I think actually um, English is in a pretty good spot right now. Um, I would say across the board, English is actually in a much better spot than it was. It used to be like bottom tier. Like I think at one point English was like on BCQD's tier list, at least. I think it was like bottom, like dead bottom next to, uh, oh, I forget what the other one he had down there was. It was like just bottom tier, like bottom rung trash, or maybe just a hat, like D tier, maybe just a bit above it. Um, but I would say that like English now with the ability to do almost anything, like they can fast castle easily. They got the cheaper farms. The longbow rush is still completely viable. Uh, and then the dark age shenanigans with the villagers having that five arrow damage each. I mean, you send five villagers over to your opponent's base. They two shot an opponent's villager unless it's order the dragon. So that's, that's powerful stuff. I think English is actually in a good spot right now. I, I've had some fun with them too. They're pretty, pretty baseline for everything. Like they're, they're very average. It's, it's good. Yeah. They're, they're like, I, I would say they're just, ever so slightly like above average i would say if i had like ranked them as far as like the the great bell curve of where they're at i'd put them like 51 percent, like just a little bit better than average i think they've got enough going for them in the right hands i think that falls off a little higher up in play like i think once you get to conquer that starts falling off again um but up to like diamond at least i think it's it's really not a bad sieve i think people are shouldn't sleep on english as much they have that little spot in the sunshine because longbows counters you can do yeah yeah uh, well, not in a head-to-head fight, though. I feel like in a head-to-head fight, the Zuganu will win, but the ability to kite them back, I think, gives them the edge with that extra yeah, range. If you, if you go head-to-head with the Zooks, then, well, you, you kind of deserve it if you're playing longbows. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope they... I'm excited for this next patch. I wish we knew what was coming already on it. Um, let's well, get to that the, note. Yeah. Okay, news. no, you, you do the transition. <laughs> On that Please. note, uh, to, take, to steal the words right out of Askeladd's mouth, uh, we've got some AoE news you want to look at, and you did a really good job. You, like, you got like multiple, like, you like copied and pasted images in this. This is nice. Uh, I'm going to hand the reins over to Askeladd. We've got some upcoming news about oh, tournaments no. in 2024. <laughs> um, I love the first name. I love like, Energy's Slap Fest. Uh, I have no, I've not heard any of this. I don't know much about this at all. Take it away. So, yeah, supposedly this name is coming from uh, the guy who's actually financing the tournament. So Matisse is the one who's hosting it, and he has a student. I did not get an answer on what kind of things he's being taught, but I'm just assuming it's going to be AoE. uh, That uh, really likes the community, and, well, he spent a lot of money. So there's, I think it's 1500 Wow overall in the price pool so yeah that that's a lot of bucks right there no price pool is 1250 okay never mind it's right there and i mean I that's literally can't read it that's still, still pretty good that's still up there that's, that's, that's about that's, the same that's still a lot of money dude that's just, like that's know, like the same away. amount of money minus like two really fancy dinners fair <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, anyway, they uh, did have their qualifier today, which I was watching earlier. I think it's actually still going. Let me uh, restart Crackety Stream. Yeah, it's still, it's still going right now. I did not open the bracket, so I can't tell you anything about that. But yeah, that is going on right now. Uh, 28th of January, Sunday qualifiers. And then 4th of February will be the finals bracket. Eight players will qualify. So that's starting at 3 p.m. I mean, 3 p.m. Uh, Central European time, I'm assuming here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That'll be in the morning for us. I'd be, I'd be like, I have to get up early for that probably if I wanted to watch it. But if you're on the East Coast, uh, that's like you just are up drinking your coffee, eating your breakfast, and you'll be right there. Um, yeah, I think, I think you guys would have had to get up at 6 or 7. I don't know. Some, something like that. Don't make me do math on stream. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that should be a fun one. But uh, I just put these uh, tournaments in there just to, you know, have a little bit of an overview of what's coming. So the Energy Slap Fest is right now. We just had the War Chiefs Club that we uh, switched to a monthly event. So we had the January one uh, just yesterday. And the next one will be on the 17th of February. 17th? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Let's, let me take a look. Yeah, it'd be the Saturday. Man, I could, oh, dude, now I want to get a, one of these months, I'll have to hot try and hop in and cast one of the War Chief Clubs. That'd be fun. I, I, I've been wanting to do that again for a while. Do, do that. Um, and so the reason being for these uh, dates, uh, 17th and now, is because EGC is actually also hosting a tournament, the Elite Classic number two. Da, da, da. Every player has, uh, has qualified to EGC finals is directly invited, and then there will be the qualifiers which run on February twenty fourth and twenty fifth. So that will be uh, Saturday and Sunday, and from there on out, it's uh, like every weekend, starting off until March twenty third and twenty fourth, where the finals will be. And that's all the group stages, and then the playoffs. So yeah, that, that's a lot of tournaments. A lot of stuff coming up in spring. Yeah, that's wow. nice. Big classic uh, round of 128 for the first round. Wow. Yeah, they have it planned. There's there's a little disclaimer at the bottom that I didn't copy that says, yeah, if we don't have enough players, it's going to be round 64, and instead we're going to be running a best of threes one round early. Mm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, that's, that's still a big, I mean, that's a big group of people. I mean, that's that's really is kind of like throwing a net and catching the entire top 100 players of the game. Now, that's going to be... Man, oh man, I want to, I want to cast that so bad. That sounds like so much fun. Ah, oh, jeez. Why, why are you not playing, Mister Diamond yeah. Player? Uh, also, di yeah. I'm a diamond, not Conk Three. Honestly, like uh, tournaments like Elite Classics, the Giant Open Qualifiers, and also the War Chief Club. I mean, if both are open tournaments, so, I was thinking, yeah, and but, especially yeah, with the War Chief Club going to monthly. That means because it's held less frequently, um, there are pros uh, like higher in the top 25 that have turned out to participate. Usually at Warchief Club, when it was weekly, you get you get some of the big name semi pros and maybe you get a pro every now and then jumping in to compete. Um, Except for the like every single time. Yeah. But, I mean, but, the scarcity, though, you're right. The scarcity is going to increase the demand of that. Like they're going to show up now and it's going to make it a higher level event because of that. And I like, uh, I do want to throw this out too. I like that uh, you guys are raising the ELO cap for low ELO legends now as well for the top bracket, right? To, to kind of compensate yeah. for that. 
we're not super convinced it's the right decision yet, but we're just gonna do it uh, well on a trial and error basis for now. So I it's mean, uh, fifteen fifty. It's not really low elo anymore, but no, yeah, low it elo really is now open to like up top. For what's what's fifteen fifty? It's like top like, four hundred. Yeah, it's that's, gonna that's be like punk too at that point. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like the only thing I would consider low elo is the bottom bracket is the only one that feels like what I would say low elo. And then it's like middle elo is kind of what the other two are essentially like low, middle mm -hmm. and then middle. Like at that point, like, I mean, it's like middle high. I mean, it's, it's like low bracket is definitely like gold is definitely like low elo. Like I mean, but in, in the bell curve, though, that's right in the middle. But as far as like competition, that's definitely like low elo, like not being above like plat one for the bottom bracket but then that middle bracket goes from like plat one up to like diamond two i think yeah two things here uh, i did want to because i did mention like just the open tournaments elite classic the war chief club mostly as like if you've ever wanted to like have a game against a pro player and see like how they played against you in a replay to have that experience um Elite Classic War Chief Club doesn't cost you anything to sign up. Um, I, I think Askeladd, you had a game against uh, Beastie in one of the. Yeah, War I got Chief Villager Rush. You got Villager <laughs> Rush. Was it English or what was it? It was Abbasid versus English. I randomed Abbasid into English. I, it was, oh, it was glorious. man. You, why would you random into that? Or it just happened? Because I play only random. Dude, yeah. that, you're going against Beastie. You got to pick your A game against him. You, you got to like, there's, there's like that I, point. I didn't know it was Beastie. I just saw it was a, a random Conqueror 3. Like, he wasn't called Beastie. Just a random. <laughs> ask, look at Askeladd just casually flexing. He just randomly pulls <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to look the guy up on AOE4 World because uh, <laughs> I'm randoming anyway. What's the point? I, I'm not going to counter it. Fair Fair enough. Fair enough. Actually, I finally got my first Conquer one that I played against uh, in on ladder recently. I lost, but like, I thought it was actually a good game. Like, it felt like I, I didn't feel bad. I felt like I actually played okay. Uh, it's been kind of weird. Diamond's a weird spot because you just get kind of. I've gone against silvers in Diamond, and I've gone against Conquerors in Diamond. I don't. I don't know what the matchmaking is doing on some of these guys, but it's been really interesting. That's funny. I didn't know I mean, you played Beastie. Also comes down to just hidden elos. Hidden, hidden and, elos, yeah. Or, yeah. The way it way it calculates that. But also to the point, uh, you and I were talking, Socrates, yesterday when we were casting low elo legends that the, the play of the different brackets has increased so much. Mm -hmm. Like, even lower brackets, you compare um, when I started playing in, in the bottom brackets versus, like, matches in the bottom brackets today, that just kind of night and day um you're you're not seeing the same number of mistakes that you used to for the most part i mean you'll still see mistakes but not, like have, not, not like egregious blunders or anything yeah you will still have like the occasional like silver that signs up and i feel like way more silver signed up back in the day um and then yeah middle bracket we were watching it was just like, yeah, I made it to the finals in middle bracket before, but watching these games is like, ah, in this in this grouping, uh, it would be a real, real rough day for me. Yeah, well, I, I think that speaks. I just I watched the, one of our Reddit posts is going to be talking about what ELO actually is. And I was going to describe that. We'll get there when we get there. But uh, one thing I liked uh, that I watched a YouTube video kind of just rushing up because I, I knew what it was. I wanted to like really learn kind of some of the math behind it. And uh, one thing that it mentioned in the video is that ELO is a really good system for rank matchmaking because it just it does a good job. It's self-correcting, right? 
The one thing it doesn't account for, though, is the, uh, the levels you assign to what values are. Because overall, the entire player base will get better. And so you get what it calls ELO deflation, where like a higher rank is harder to achieve than it used to be. So if you're moving up the ranked ladder, if you have gone from uh, silver to gold or gold to plat, plat to diamond, if you've moved up like a rank, like gone up by 100 ELO, that means you've improved your game a ton over the course of, uh, of, of, the course of this time. Because especially if that's gone over time, right? Because the entire player base has gotten better. I think uh, Asklad's mentioned it. Uh, Bill, you and I were talking about it uh, in the middle bracket of uh, low ELO legends yesterday. Uh, the player base has gotten good at this game. There also has been a flood of new players too as well. But the competitive scene is mostly us diehard guys who are still just grinding it out um, with some new arrivals who are impressive as well. But like the overall player base so, is getting better. So you're telling me I'm already wor worrying about like inflation and my paychecks not going as far as I used to. Now my ELO is not going as far no, as I used the, to. It's the opposite. Your, ELO, already your ELO is going farther <laughs> than it used to is what I'm saying. So every, okay, every increase, okay. it's, it's deflation because now what used to be diamond would have been like, I guess it would have been like conquer back in the day. But if you get, if you achieve something now, if you get up to like conquer one, that really does mean, remember, you guys remember back in like in season one when like every Joe Schmo got up to conquer in season one? Well, I feel like that was just a, I, I didn't because I only played six games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I did, but like it, I saw a lot of posts back then. I'd be like, oh, look, I mean, there was a lot of talk about how it's really, it was really easy to get to conquer one back then. Um, that's not the case now. If you do get up to that, it's worth a lot. I mean, worth whatever it means to you, obviously. But like, it shows there is some like validity to saying that was a huge achievement to get there. Like, it it's a lot harder to do that now than it was. Yeah, I mean, I tried it. So, I mean, you've got you got plats and diamonds, and like that's that's where I'm around, but. I I tend to look at okay where is my ranked matchmaking elo on AoE four world like yeah. staying in the twelve hundreds has been like once I know I'm in the twelve hundred area I know I'm doing pretty well and I just look mine up and I clearly have had a bad season um, after the first like couple of weeks um, but that's. That has been like my benchmark of like, okay, I've improved. That was my first like diamond on the rank side was a big like, okay, because it's it's shiny and it's on your profile. Uh -huh. But my first goal that I ever had in AOE 4, like attainable goals was like, okay, make 1200 ranked matchmaking ELO and stay there for a bit. Hmm. And that's that's what I kind of that's what I use like as a personal benchmark of where I'm at. And I do wish AOE four worlds cracked the rating history by hidden ELO and not yeah. just rank. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I'm not quite yeah, understanding. It's fairly why. easy to do. It doesn't make sense. Cause my, I'm looking at mine right now. Like my points, my points are 1211. So I am diamond one, but my ranked matchmaking ELO is actually higher than that. It's 1261. So I'm, Technically, I am under what I should be according to my rank match elo. I'm getting, I'm pulling higher level opponents than my actual ranked points would suggest by about a game or two, by about maybe one, two games. Actually, almost two, three games because it's about, you're going to get about 18, 19 points a pop if you're battling equal and even opponents. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely, if anyone hasn't checked out their profile on AoE4 World, I highly recommend that actually. 
Uh, you can learn a lot about like what you do well at, what you don't do well at. It's really, it's really fascinating to see. And I love, I love going through the game summary, actually. Uh, going through the game summary and seeing kind of like the different, because it'll actually list out like each of your, your build order and your opponents. It'll say, at what time did you queue up four villagers? Like it'll say every little details in there. Um, super duper yeah. awesome. Shout out to uh, Janner in the Gridbar Discord, who absolutely loves the game review feature on AOE4 Worlds. Uh, for those of you who are in the Griobara, he loves posting in... We've got a channel just for gold players, and I feel like at least five times a week, he'll pick some games of his and just keep posting the stats and, you know, tell a story of a game that he played, because there's a lot of information, way more than you can find on the, like, post-game screen uh-huh. uh, on AOE4. Sometimes... Sometimes the story and the information, they don't really match well together. Sometimes I wonder where the discrepancy is. <laughs> I mean, that's also, it's artistic liberty. <laughs> artistic <telling a> liberty. <laughs> no, I think, I think there's just like a, a, a different understanding of uh, what <laughs> might be ideal gameplay there. <laughs> Yeah, I know that dude was really bummed uh, when you couldn't get stone from the guild hall anymore because oh, I know that was the strategy. He was a French player who loved infinite stone and keep drops everywhere. That's so toxic. Uh, I'm so <laughs> glad I never played against him. Let's let's not mention that because maybe we want Crackity at some point on this show. And uh, if he's listening to this, he might not come anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We should get him on here. I, that's one thing I want to do better at. I, as far as we can almost need to have like a, a state of the union kind of like episode. Maybe that's what this will turn into. But like the podcast has done really well up to this point. We've I mean, it's been a, it was a really good year for us last year. I thought we really kind of established ourselves. I definitely want to try and keep getting uh, more guests on here. Uh, maybe even fish some big name pros uh, that you guys watch on stream and stuff like that. Uh, besides me, Beal and Asklad and Tim for Tim occasionally. Uh, actually, so Tim for Tim's been a superstar now. He yeah. became a superstar. Like, yeah, like at a, he just like well, it helps that he gets to stream like every single day for like hours. I'm I'm really envious. He and I kind of we keep joking that we envy each other's lives quite a bit. Um, because I'm I'm the family. It guy. also helps that he's like a super charismatic, like nice dude yeah. who's yeah. really oh, he, he totally deserves it. He totally deserves it. Like like, but I'd be lying if I wasn't just a little bit envious of just how quick his <laughs> channel's taken off. It's like man, like ah, but I know he just streams more than I do. You know that, that's the trick. You got to really be on a lot if you want to get big you got to put yourself out there enough to do that uh, and he's doing it he's doing a great job his streams really are a, if you guys haven't okay quick shout out to 104 tim if you guys have not followed or checked out his channel um he, if you want to watch someone who doesn't always win every single game he's your guy he won't win every single game he'll do about 50 50 like he anyone else but he is like a people's champion man he is so fun to watch and he plays yeah, a number a of sips great too. entertainer he's probably one of the most like actually entertaining dudes to watch yeah, and just the amount of energy he brings to the games yeah, is fantastic. I, I definitely try. I'm definitely like now trying to emulate uh, his energy a bit more. It's so hard. I, I, I stream way too late at night to be like that peppy, uh, for lack of a better word. But Tim brings it, man. He's so much fun to watch. Shout out for to him. sure. We're going to have him back on here one of these days. We've had him on a couple of times. We'll have to have him back one of these days. Um, Stormgate beta attorney. Is that coming up too? ask a lot. I see that on your notes here. Yeah, that's uh, at the start of February. Uh, 
I was I was uh, gonna do a uh, bait post for Rising Empires on Reddit uh, that I decided against because I've got the feedback that it might not have been the nicest idea about how AOE four is dying and EGC is leaving us because you know they're they're running oh, a Stormgate beta tournament and there's quite quite a significant price price skill. Price Ooh, that would be a uh, that would be probably one of the spiciest things we've seen yet if you did. Oh my um, god! I, that would have that would have gotten like sixty uh, percent downwards. I bet. It's, it's, I, that's the try. I've done like one or two like bait posts in like the same spirit for the podcast, and uh, I, I, one of them I think I was a little too heavy on because it did get like sixty percent, like thirty percent, forty percent downvoted, and I was like, oh dang, that did not go over nearly as well as I thought it would. Uh, That'd also be a good way to guarantee that EGC never sends a raid to Rise of Empires. Yeah, yeah, that as well. Like, it it would have been very funny, and I think people would have liked it eventually, but I don't think it would have, like, there would have been, like, some bad If there's anything I've learned, and this is not a, no offense to anyone listening to the podcast, you guys guys are great, Um, but in general about people, so not you guys, we're talking, like, people. Yeah, life lessons with, this is, welcome to another episode of Life's Lessons with Socrates, and here we are. Um, I'm explaining to you the fact that people don't read. Dude, people do not read anything. The reading comprehension across the board is trash. I don't understand it. You put up a sign in the hospital saying, hey, the office is this way. You're going to get people going, where's the office at? I, I, sorry, I just, my job is graphic design and video. All, I literally have requests all day to make more signs. And I literally have to tell everyone, people do not read. And so with the troll posts, um, yeah, probably better not to overdo it because People aren't the brightest. Um, it's just, it's true. It's I mean, you, you'll still see people on the Rising Empires Bay posts, like one or two every week. Every time. Someone, I wish it was and one like, or two. There's like five. There's a lot every time. <laughs> depends on depends on how silly or like just like what kind of rage bait is posted. But yeah. That, that post where, where was uh, making men at arms, feudal men at arms, out to be the biggest problem uh, since the Great Depression. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> there was there was a lot of uh, well controversial debate at the bottom. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm start shorting by controversial on those threads. I, it sounds like a great time. Oh man, uh, yeah, probably better to to keep it subtle on that one. <laughs> um. So, uh, let's see. What do you guys think? So with the new patch coming out, hopefully soon to at least fix some balanced things. If we had to make a wish list of, let's say like the top, uh, five things we want changed, fixed, etc. in the patch. Grab what wish list. Yeah. Grab the wish list. Let's, let's make, I, I kind of want to do this little thought experiment. I think we already kind of know we're going to talk about probably Jushis. We're probably going to talk about JD. We're probably going to talk about Ayubids. Um, and maybe some other things. Wow. What are our top? I mean, I'm just I'm just guessing here. Those are the things that probably people are most you know frothing at the mouth about. What exactly would we do? What if we were the devs? Let's, let's say they, that Microsoft and Relic made the incredibly ill-advised choice to make us the deciders of what the actual changes would be. What would we do? Like number one, what's the first thing we're changing? We're nerfing meditation garden to the ground. Yep. Yeah. Fixing that. I, I, well, I mean. Because that is actually glitched. Yeah, first of all, that's so glitched. That yeah, yeah well, first we're, we're fixing the bugs. That's I didn't mention that. I was just thinking that we, that is implied in a patch. I mean, it needs yeah. Yeah, another nerf yeah. to it once the It needs a nerf post-bugs. Yeah, so we're assuming, we're assuming, and oh man, if they don't fix that bug, there's going to be an uproar. Uh, that, do that you want bug. my mechanical uh, nerf suggestion? Yes, I do want I do want some of those. So, so obviously we need to, I'm going to put in our outline too. Number one, nerf 
the garden. And uh, what do you think yeah. we should do for that? Like, how much does it be nerfed? What does it need? Does it need a rework? How, what would you do? Diminishing returns. So at 70 res per minute, which I find is a good baseline because, you know, uh, 75 on the Manta Quarry, um, you get 33% less uh, resources for anything on top of that. Mm-hmm. Then at yeah. 100, you get 66% less, and then you're capped at 130. So it feels good to build the thing. It's very effective still. You can make it really good, but like you can't get a 200 resource per minute meditation garden at three minutes. I think I would sort of have the resources as like flat amounts where you if you build it around certain resources, like say you you've got 100 resources per minute, that's the pool. And then based on what you build it around, that's how it's divided. So if you touch every single resource, you get the 25 or something per minute and i'm just using 100 i'm throwing that out there yeah, as yeah, it's probably a bit just, high but like yeah probably like 25 or 30 or something like that yeah well no no no. 100 in total oh total total yeah, and then yeah, yeah basically what's in its radius if like if you pull wood into the radius and there's only wood near the oh, meditation mean, it's, garden it's, it's just the, the uh, percentages of how much you get oh okay, right okay so you're saying flat rate if it fits the chips I like it. Flat rate, and then you can decide which certain resources you want based on like where you put it down. Okay. So if you want a certain thing where you want the gold and wood, or if you're thinking about like two TC really quick, so you want wood and stone. Yeah. And before anyone cries foul, let me remind you guys: this would that would still make it a better landmark than the Mansaquari. Although, that is true. (laughs) Hundred gonna go back to it not saying 100 just using that as uh-huh. like for the sake of argument um but if it does touch stone then half then you have of half what? that of stone so okay okay kind of yeah. like what uh so if it was yeah around every resource it'd be 25 25 25 and then 12.5 for stone okay stone okay. is a really powerful resource okay i like that yeah but my question is, do you guys stone think generation enough? is rough. would that be no. enough to nerf zushi no Want to go down my list? Yeah, yeah, let's hear your list. What, what do you got? What else? Uh, Song Dynasty is currently 40%. Uh, we are going to tone that down to uh, 20 or 25. I'm not quite sure. And we are not going to have it affect towers anymore. It affects towers? It affects towers. Your towers cost 60 wood. You're kidding me, dude. So you're telling me Zushi could also tower rush if they wanted to right now? You, yeah, they, they can easily tower rush in Song Dynasty. Oh but they can gosh. also just easily put down like five outposts around their resources. No problem. Mm-hmm. The more I learn about Jushis, the more I realize that it really, I, I, I hate when people say, oh, such and such is OP. I think that gets overused a bit much. Um, but genuinely, Zushi's legacy is overpowered. Honest to goodness, it's, it's, it's just a little overtuned. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it nicely. Also, they get access to like one of the best feudal age units, maybe the best as well. Yeah, the Zuganu are. I, and now people have said they want to nerf Zuganus. I actually would not nerf the Zugs themselves. I wouldn't either. Because wouldn't, China I, would have to bear the brunt of that nerf as well. And China is in a rough... I mean, I don't have much love. I don't have what? a lot of love hey. lost for China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but okay. they're in a China rough spot. Above average. Have you? I mean, they are above average, but they're in a pretty rough spot because who's going to pick them over China over Zushi? I mean, nobody's going to pick anything over Zushi right now because Zushi is the best Sif in the game, and there's no argument about it. That they don't think that is the argument you want to make. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know if I would nerf the Zushi because I think that would be a pretty big nerf to China, which, frankly, I don't think needs any huge nerfs. I mean, I don't like China as a Civ as it is, but I don't I don't look at them and say they're overpowered. Um, but if you okay. nerf the Zooks for uh, one, you have to do it for the other. And I guess like, oh, you have to change the unit fundamentally then at that point and have them be different units. It'd be diverging at that point. So I'm not sure that's gonna... So Song Dynasty is a real problem. Uh -huh. uh, the Meditation Garden is obviously a little too good. Uh, those are like the two main factors of Zushi, I feel like. But the, the other thing is they could also not build a Meditation Garden and still start Zook rushing you at four minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you affect that? I feel like you need, to, if you go for the Yang Yang Tower, it should have like a production time. Like the units basically pop out instantly. Instantly, yeah. It's so like, it's if like you have like a, 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 a regular, a regular production speed, that would be fine. Yeah, because it's like right now, it's like the gambling, except for you know what you're getting off the bat. You get to pick what you want and just pay 150 wood and there you go, free unit and production building. And the tempo that gives you, you is insane yeah it's, you supervise the wood you actually get 20 percent more wood oh. you pay 150 wood for that production building you get 120 resource horsemen i mean nobody's getting the horsemen but that would be the biggest uh oh my resource gosh. i mean why mm -hmm. when you do zooks though it's like why why not why would you do that when you can get zoogs i mean you can you can horseman rush that's that's pretty effective like drop down five stables didn't yeah. cost you all that much you were supervising the wood anyway <laughs> and it's a food that's a pretty food heavy comp so if you just pop your meditation gardens on like a deer berry group or something like that food yeah, no you didn't you didn't pay, you didn't any food you didn't pay for anything that. for the food for the first one so you're getting a huge increase of value yeah holy yeah. cow I, dude zooks is kind so of, good man oh my god out of the out of the meta for Zushi right now, but supposedly if you drop that uh, that second age landmark, I'm not going to try to pronounce it right now, um, drop the five stables, got the horsemen out, you're saving on food, you can go somewhat fast castle with five horsemen on the map, then you have the production buildings to build lancers, like start spamming them when you hit castle. Is Have people been is that a viable thing? Hey, the zoo, why? Why yeah, are you no. zoo rush? People have been just zoo rushing yeah. and then or or eco booming and get or getting the, up to the castle. The reason like why that's not super good. Sorry, I'm I'm talking over you. That's no, so such it, a bad it, habit. I'm doing that in casting. That's horrible. Like I don't know how people can stand that. I do it all the time too. So you're fine. <laughs> you're amongst like company. Unfortunately, I, I do that way too much. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, the reason why I don't want to do that is if you make feudal horsemen, they're going to make spears, and then why would you go knights? Yeah, that's mm. true. Whereas Zooks have no counter in feudal age. They just don't. Um, longbows technically... There's just Jeff throwers. They're yeah, okay. it's longbows are better dependent. than Jeffs against them, actually. But but for the majority, I'm saying like there's no... like like it's Maybe some sieves. I, I don't really count like having, oh, I have this one specific sieve that happens to be able to counter this. That's not a counter to me, right? Like they have no true feudal counter. You have to get up to age three, and you have to spam out either a ton of meted arms or uh, and and almost and not not or just meted arms and mangoes. That is like the only pathway to stop that. Because so horsemen just don't do it. They you can't just get a mango shot. They just kill the mango in one volley. That's the problem. Cure, so yeah, so meted me arms up. really is the, the way to go. But you have to get a huge mass of them to withstand the fighting. It's insane. Hear me out on some Zhug discussions here. Potential balance. <laughs> what if um, 
Too first shot, even if it already no, uh, not the first shot doing more damage. But if the second and third shot get negated by armor, then it doesn't do the one chip damage. So you mean that? they actually go down to zero? Right, and they don't do any damage. They don't do the base one. They just do nothing. And that, like, prevents, like, even Mashajugs from dealing with rams, which is wild uh, if you have enough on the field, just from all those one damage plinks going off. Like that the first shot, like will always completely trash against armor. That's the kind of trickle down nerf that would have huge implications. Yeah, I don't know because it is because you're taking like the one thing that makes them overpowered and then just making it completely un like completely awful. Which and I can't believe I'm saying that, but like that would be like any kind of armored unit would just roll through. They no one would. I mean, Zushi wouldn't have any other choice but to go with those. But that would. That would be a, I mean, that's, that's a big, big boy nerf right there. I, I'd like to see it, frankly, just because I'm so sick of Zushis, but I, I would, I, I, I hate, the one thing I don't ever want to do when I want something nerfed is I don't want something to be completely unviable. Like, I don't want what it to if be, you have, what if it was a castle age tech that you could research to have those second and third shots do regain that one point of damage? So feudal. I like that. If, uh, That's first a big shot rework, but I like it. I like that. One, uh, then the repeating shots, if they get blocked by the armor, they do zero instead of one. But on unarmored units, they still do. They still rip right through. And then in Castle Age, there's a tech at the archery range that allows Jugnus to but you got to pay like 250 gold to get it or something like that or something kind of yeah something that may be like not super expensive but uh -huh. something that takes time okay. and yeah I can, I can see that that's, that's quite a rework that's quite the rework I think going nice. through my brain make it like yeah. a blacksmith tech or maybe just a tech in the uh no i'd actually I'd make it a blacksmith yeah. tech yeah okay, okay. Tech. That, that would be interesting I, i'd love to see how that would pan out that'd be really cool okay so I've got our number one here of our list of five I want to try and get. We're like, nerf the gardens, diminishing returns, or do like a flat rate. Number two, we're saying, uh, what was our other nerf? I mean, we were talking about Zushi Song, just needs a nerf or something. Song Dynasty. Song Dynasty. Yeah, Song Dynasty needs to be lowered. And no towers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no towers. No on the towers. Yeah, and we think, so we think, think 25. Then I think, then I think they would do, after that. I think they'd do 25% instead of 20, although I think 20 would 20 would feel a lot better for everyone against it, but I think they'd probably because right now it's right now it's what 40? It's 40. That's it's insane. That it's pretty bonkers. Absolutely insane that they just get that. Um yeah, at least I, I think 25 sounds like a fair nerf to that. Um, but I wouldn't mind 20, frankly, because it's already just super crazy. All right, number three. So we have two. The first thing we're doing is we're nerfing two different things on Zushi's. Number three, what is our, if we had to have five things, what's our number three going to be? I'm thinking I'm looking, I, I start now, like if we did those two things, I think Zushi, I'd, I'd let that play out and see how that feels. I start looking towards Joan of Arc. And I think personally, we implement like Beale's idea of uh, a bounty oh, for dude. the opponent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm not with it for number three, though. Yeah, you think yeah, like four number or five? three should be the advancement wing. Uh, advancement wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me. Well, mm -hmm. Would you guys just nerf it? Just, okay, here's my thing. I'm going to pair number three with a. You have to give a Ubit something else then, though, because they don't really have anything else going. Like, that's the problem with the Ubits. They are very one dimensional, frankly, which is ironic because they've got eight options to pick from, uh, but they're massively one dimensional. 
you'd have to give them something else. And how much would we nerf it by anyways? Because Advanced so, Wing does need to nerf. But I, if you do it too much, I, I don't. Here's my thing. I don't want to nerf something to the point where it's no longer a viable option. That doesn't give them any kind of advantage because they rely heavily on tempo. I don't disagree that it's a bit much, even if it was like just something that cost them an extra 30 seconds. Um, so I don't know, because I don't know how, how much is a discount is it anyways? I know it's like 600 food and like 450 gold or something. I know it's like 850 food and like 450 gold. I think I, I'm, it, I guess it also here. 40. Um, it, my dad sounds like about 40%, I think is what that is. So we think we lower that, that to like what, like 30%, 25% again. Uh, so my idea here is leave the resources alone, but make it a tactical decision to click up, like uh, completely negate the time aspect of the wing. So if I arrive at your base and you just clicked up, then I can kill you before you actually get that gulam out because you're going to take two minutes to age up instead of one minute. So you think right. it needs to take longer to attack? You, you, think, you think it needs to increase the time then that it takes to age up? Yeah. yeah, I think just make it the baseline time. Like, don't have it affect the time at all. The advancement wing is only resources. That is my uh, idea to that. I'm oh, not sure it, if that's uh, you know, the correct I, one. I'm going to sound really silly, but is it? I didn't realize it had a faster age up as well. It's not the base time. Oh, yeah, it, it has a significantly faster Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm looking at... Oh, that seems like an easy culture wing is yeah a minute and twelve seconds versus two minutes for all the other age ups. Oh, well, yeah. If you just took that out, then it'd be. Hmm. I would slow down. Also, I'm going fast castle because it costs less time to gather the resources uh -huh. to go up as well. So it's bonus on bonus. So get rid of one of those bonuses. No then time. I can still not stop your castle age, but I can at least deny you the resources once you're there because mm. you are stuck in feudal age for the next two minutes. Okay. Well, see, now my, my, I wouldn't mind that because what I, I know a lot of people go for the three villagers. Um, I have never been a big fan of that. I always, almost always go Desert Raider just to have some kind of uh, military presence on the field um, for my feudal age up. So I feel like that actually would make that more viable because I know a lot of people use the three villas and I've, I guess I have always wondered how people get up to age super fast. I'm not as fast as my Ubit's Fast Castle as others have been. I know some people have been getting up at like seven twenty set minutes or something like that or faster. And it's because they're going for the three villas off the bat in feudal age and just getting that massive eco spike. I've not been doing that. I realized I'm going for desert raiders to try and poke and prod my opponent a little bit and then try to age up. And I'm usually popping up at like nine minutes and then 10, 11 minutes. I've got gulams in their base, which isn't that's not unreasonable at all. I mean, it's difficult because I've been prodding them with the Desert Raiders. But yeah, I think that pushing the time out for that, then it's still like then you're aging up at like 10 minutes. Got Gulam's in like 11. That's and if you want to give Ayubid something, just they need something else. Master Smith uh, not require a blacksmith. Yeah, that would be pretty ah. cool because the tooltip already says so. Oh, it already says that, but it's not true. Dang. Yeah, I've been I've been casting a game That's, of SAS before. Like I, he should know that because you know he's in the top fifty, but uh well he used to be in the top fifty at that time. But also the tooltip, I actually looked it up. The tooltip says uh, upon aging up, you get immediately the blacksmith text. And yeah, it's, it's just not, not a thing. You, you build, build a blacksmith, blacksmith and then get the all ones before it first to get the current levels for free. Yeah. It's not on a game without blacksmith tags. <laughs> I think we ran into a similar issue with tooltips yesterday yeah, we did. when we were tapping with a YAM network and uh -huh. you're like, well, the tooltip says it's uh, just traders and cavalry units. And, and it's, it's like, no, 
it's it's all units. Yeah, they need to go through and clean up some of that stuff. Um, okay, I, here's my one thing with with it. I, I think that the one that should be just fixed. I think for for a U-Biz, that just needs to be fixed to, to what it actually says. That that to me is more of a bug fix at that point. It just should just do it. I think they need yeah. some kind of eco bonus, some kind of re, or some kind of better ability to get into a timely second TC. Um, because I feel like they ha- I mean, they can easily says, get a second TC. They say that, but no one does it. it, it, it doesn't uh, ever- you can go feudal advancement wing. I mean, it's not the optimal way to play because fast castle is better yeah, than anything else you can do. I, my but- worry is even if it was like on, I, I don't know that it would be better than doing. I feel like there'd be a bunch of other civs that would just do that better. And I don't, I feel like it'd be not as good. I, I just don't feel like it would be worth the effort ever even with these changes i don't know that it would be better i feel like they with, need some kind of other like, and i'm not talking something huge right i'm not i'm saying they just need a slight buff to something else to make it a more enticing option um i don't so know if they just need like just I, a little I see more. where you're coming from because some of the wings they just feel weird right yeah the industry wing that would be one of the uh like obvious uh, uh choices here for mm-hmm. the 300 extra wood but like that feels like such a weird choice to pick it uh-huh. is, if you go later like nobody's gonna pick that wing if you go to castle or, or imperial age like what's the point is just like it. what yeah okay okay i i just aged up after completely uh cutting all trees on the map down apparently and now i need that wood but yeah. what uh, yeah i guess a like a game that went it's already an hour long somehow nobody was able to age to age four yet and you're playing on prairie <laughs> so maybe yeah maybe that know. might help it's it's a very weird wing i can see there's a tactical choice in feudal age and then it's still worse than the advancement wing though you kind of want to leave the advancement wing for castle because you know fast castle is pretty insane but yeah like the the advancement wing is actually the fastest second town center in the game currently i believe unless you're like hre and you get a Aachen Chapel on stone and wood, like without the mining and wood and lumber camp. Is it? I have to play around with it because I just you just if it was that if it is the fastest, you'd think you'd see it more often, right? But you just I really haven't seen anyone do that like ever. It's super fast. I think Demu started building his uh, second town soon at like four minutes five seconds. Four minutes ten. Is it just a matter like of then that people don't do it because there's no way to defend it then, and you're just kind of like stuck doing that and nothing else? Because I know, like, I mean, looking at, like, Roos, for instance, they can do that, but they're also super defended. Um, I'm just wondering, like, why? Because, like, French can go to town centers because they've got the knights to protect them. Is there, like, a, uh, like why, why is it not super effective then? Because there's something that's not clicking, right? Because to me, it's like there's, there's Because like, Fast Castle is better. Is, it, is that really it? Is it really just, like, everyone's sleeping that's, on that? That's, that's it. Fast Castle is better. Why would you go to I, DC when I guess your just, civ is all about timing and just we're snatching I the relics guess, and killing your opponent? but my question is then, like if, if, like, if it is also another strat that is equally as good... It's not equally as good. Not, that's the problem. Like, is it just not... Because I, I guess I'm just really... Maybe it's just, Is it just because the overarching meta is like, the 1TC, like, feudal aggression? Is that just why? Okay, go go on a little go on a little uh, adventure here with me. You're you're the Iobits. You just went to TC. Your TC is standing uh, at around the five minute mark. Let's just say that. That sounds awesome. Your your opponent is starting to zook rush you. What do you do? 
Well, if it's a Zuganu, you're just going to lose. I mean, that doesn't matter what Civ. You're just Well, losing. you're just going to die. Yeah. Well, that, even that's, if that's I go, what you're going to do. If I go do. Fast Castle, I'm just going to die. I mean, even with the Advancement Wing, if I have had some, like, castle, sweaty games. You, you can at least get, get some Lancers out. You can get some Ghoulons. You have options. You have, it's, can it's make like a Martinic. It's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. I'll be honest. It's it when, is a coin flip, against, but it is your best Sushi. coin flip. Yes. yes. I, I, I described the worst case scenario. But against other Civs, if it really is, like, five minutes and you've got a town center that's such a huge eco like tempo boost people who like eco games why aren't they playing that with a ubits then because mm. you go fast castle and you just spam gulam and like that but this to me just seems like if it's like if you really really like fast because people play I don't, I don't know like like why would other two tc because if this is also really good why do other people who really like let's say i don't like fast casting i am a two tc guy why do people who play 2TC not play the Civ for that then? If it's also better than like any other so, Civ's 2TC. You're playing Roots. That's, that's fair. A very good point. But also at the, at the start of the season, like before, like the TC networks were really discovered, explored or whatever, when everyone was still stuck in the, yeah, I'm playing a, a Abbasid variant and I'm just going to go 2TC because that is what I always do. I was playing against uh, Tim. To be fair, he was playing Byzantines. But like I, I went, I went the two TC routes multiple times, and like I was just getting my face shoved in. That's also because Tim is probably a better player, or was a better player at that point, anyway. And uh, but that doesn't add up to me then, though, right? Because that that's your side. It's got the best. I went castle behind it and killed him. Hmm. Like I could not beat him in feudal age i could not fight him in feudal age but when i went castle i just beat him so then is that mean does that mean that because i feel like we're finding we're kind of i'm trying to get to like the root of the problem right because the fast castle to me is a problem but it's going to get nerfed but i don't feel like anyone's going to the sibs going to get just dropped in the mud because if they really do have the best town town center timing of any sieve people who played that strat would be playing the sieve for that and just ignoring the fast castle right but we we're not seeing that though so that I feel me, like your feudal age has is the it the feudal age military? Of... Is it the feudal military that has a problem? Is it that their feudal military is too weak to fight? Is that is that that to me? So is that, why I'm trying to wonder. So good that the, why stick around in feudal when you There's... can have an insane power spike with your getting gulams into your opponent's base and yeah, those it's, it's really... just better. I mean, I'm not I'm not denying that. I'm just I'm just like. I just feel like I if it's also the got the, has best, the problem here, I, I think it is. I think that's what I'm saying. Cavalry, I, I think it's that's the thing. It. They need to have some kind of buff to their feudal. Then is what I'm saying as far as military goes, because if their castle is imminently going to get nerfed here in a second, and we all know it's going to happen, it's it's bound to happen. If that two TC is as good as I've been told, people always are like, "Well, soccer, they could two TC with the uh, free wood. It's super easy." I, I just sit there and go, "Okay, well then, if anyone like really loves the two TC play, why aren't they doing it?" And you can't just say, oh, because castle's always better. Because if someone really hates going castle age, like, and if it's going to get nerfed, like, why? I, I just, I feel like that, that, I think that, I think with the root of it then has to be that their feudal military is not good enough. There's something lacking. Um, they just don't have the ability to play feudal military then. Or they, or they if they do, it's like a, a crappy 1TC feudal military and they don't get that advantage on going to town centers. Maybe it's, maybe it's the problem with the advanced wings in general is that you're picking one thing because most civs right most civs kind of they don't you don't just pick all in on one right unless you're going like all in one tc most civs they're going two tc they're not doing it naked they're gonna have a couple units right they're gonna it's like you're 80 percent two tc 20 percent feudal aggression uh, right are like, you playing roots now 
I guess. He's I guess. playing Ruse now. I'm saying, he's, I'm, he's I'm saying new like to most. I'm saying like most civs, you know, that are doing that are going to consider some kind of like they're not just all 100% on one strat, right? Like if I'm fast castling as HRE, I might have to make like a couple of spears defensive off or build a tower and turtle. There's there's things I'll have to do, but besides just naked whatever my strategy is, right? But with with a Ubids though, you're kind of shoehorned into I picked this, therefore going anything else is an awful choice because I only get the bonuses for this one particular thing. Whereas other civs kind of have passive bonuses for different things, right? Like French gets faster villagers regardless of what they do. So they can all in military, but they still have that 10% that's better eco, even on one TC. Think in terms of uh, Abbasid here. Like, how do you feel about Abbasid with one TC? It depends. It genuinely depends. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like it's absolutely trash. I would hey. raise you I, again. You're going to hate this, but their their preservation of knowledge, uh, they're being able to go into uh, Gulams with Fast Castle is viable against certain civs. Wait, so we're back to Fast Castle. We now. are. Okay. Yes, I was, I was yes. Going, going uh, that, to expand that onto feudal fights. But on the, yeah, on the feudal fights, no. Uh, once you see feudal fights, if you go military wing, I have, it just doesn't feel good. The boot camp is not enough, and it's because their eco lags behind it. Yeah. And here's here's the thing. So Abbasid has a better economy than Ayubids. Like it's in the late game, obviously, but their golden age is just five percent better. Mm. Like just flat out, mm -hmm. they get five percent more resources. Maybe that's what needs to be adjusted then. Like I don't think you want to buff golden age because that's what's gonna make Ayubids into a massive power. No, no, no. But, but maybe just instead of having like the same but a little bit worse, why not just change it to give them like a slight edge in military instead because a fast castle because yeah, here's hear me out hear me out hear me out a fast castle is not going to uh benefit if you had instead of a, a bonus to your uh your golden age gave you a bonus to your military power instead of uh your villager gather rate that would uh if you're not going to build as many houses going for a fast castle build so you're not going to get that buff but you get the timing but if you go for a 2tc play uh or a feudal game and you're building out your feudal aggress stuff and you get that age up bonus or you get the golden age bonus and it's like plus like 15% to your attack speed or something. Then you have that, that could be that could really be a good way to set apart a Ubids from Abbasid better. Yeah, there's there's only one problem with that. I, I like where you're going with it. I think there is the issue with the balancing because you are as Ayubids, you are very good against uh, cavalry sieves mm -hmm. like Okay, I'll, I'll count Roos among that, even though against Roos you kind of still play fast castle. But yeah, the camels just give you a good advantage. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is you need to uh, consider water maps because uh, Ayubids, well, <sighs> they don't have the massive economy and all, but they do have that advancement wing that gives them like the super fast warship edge. So they're they're pretty good on water as well. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, uh, I wasn't talking about water at all. It gives you cheaper emplacements is also... A little weird, but also strong. I didn't think about water. I, it's not, I don't have a lot of water experience with a Ubit, so I didn't think of that. Uh, but I guess, I guess my, to, to end on this note, I definitely feel like Abbasid, or, or Ubids rather, needs some kind of tweaking. Like if they just nerf, and, and, and they need to, but if they, just, if they just nerf the advancement wing and the fast castle and don't do anything else to help their eco out at all or do something else to give them the edge for feudal, the Civ's just going to get dropped. Like, in the trash can. Just no one's going to play it. You it's going to be just completely awful. 
Kind of like Abbasid has been kind of dropped after the second Town Center nerf. I mean, it's yeah. good on no, some yeah. maps. It's still a very good sieve, and it has four viable wings, which is amazing, by the way. Great, great stuff on the balance there. I really like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're not going to go trade wing or if you can't TC boom safely somehow, then you kind of. Hmm, yeah, it's definitely trouble. a conundrum, huh? And it's like, I, I feel like it's also. It kind of runs into the thing where some people don't like that certain sieves have certain power spikes uh, and certain matchups. Like it's, it's one of those things like should every matchup be even like that? That's it a big be. it can't be for one. Right. It can't be. But then people kind of gripe and complain about certain matchups in particular. Uh, I think I think it's a problem when like a sieve like Zushi is just good against everybody and everyone except for like maybe one sieve. And even then it's that's like a coin flip. That's a problem. But I definitely think. Ayubids would be just not good. And everyone says, oh, but the town center, the town center. And I'm like, I don't think I'd rather just play Abbasid then. Like, there's no incentive to play. Like, the problem is right now, there's no incentive to play Abbasid over Ayubids because of the fast castle. But if you get rid of that for Ayubids, there's no incentive to play like either of them. I don't know. I just think they just need to rethink of kind of what they want the strengths of each sip to be. And it's kind of hard sometimes to tell because maybe there's strats we don't know about that could be viable. I don't know. Please don't make it warrior scouts. Oh, yeah, please no. Please no. Um, uh, should, should we go down our list? We yes, covered the yes. advancement wing now. Uh, we've we got the bounty for the opponent. We, we've already talked. To, yeah, we've kicked that horse into the ground, haven't we? Um, number four, <laughs> then we have is uh, fixing Joan of Arc. Honestly, I don't feel like it's... I feel like if you just fixed the bounty for her, I think the sip's fine. I've played against it a couple more times. It doesn't seem as bad as I used to think. I've noticed that their eco really does lag. Um... And I like that play. I like that payoff. I think they need to adjust it just a little bit. And I kind of wish there was just a little bit more for French now. Kind of make it worth picking that over Joan of Arc. Because, I mean, it's like, why would you ever pick French when you can pick the funner French? It's an unfortunate truth. Uh, I feel like maybe you could shift a little bit power away from Jenny herself. Like make the cleave maybe just a little bit less effective mm. against the direct counters. Or just the knights. Give Anne any incentive to actually fight her. Yeah. And that that's like, yeah, that's the fun incentive. And then there's the balance incentive. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I agree with like both. If, I, have, I have one more. Like, make her, if you rebuy her, make her not respawn with full health, please. Oh, that's a good... You, mm -hmm. you just spend 20 seconds focusing her down. She's dead. Great. Hey, she's back with full life. Good luck. Yeah. Or at least, yeah, I hate that. It's, there's no incentive, and you're just feeding the beast. It, it, I think the fun factor is my biggest thing. So I've, I've realized now more and more, like, like there are a couple things. I think she's a little overtuned still, and so we would like just a small little nerf, you know, just a little teeny one just to kind of bring that back down to earth. But really, it's, it's the fun factor. It's the fact that there's no incentive. to. I, I want to be incentivized to play. Um, no one likes, I mean, some people do, but most people uh, don't like when their opponent just sits back and does nothing and still has, like, a really good reason to win, right? I don't want to be incentivized to sit back and do nothing. I want to be incentivized. And I think a lot of the devs have kind of leaned into this. The feudal aggression is kind of the meta right now. Like it's a, it's a meta to play the game. Like they want you to get over map control. They want you to try and mash your armies into each other and do some raids. That's kind of where the meta is at. That's kind of what we're encouraged to do. So it does feel strange to be disincentivized to take a fight at all. Cool. Well, we've, we've talked about that one a ton, too. So I think that one's I think you guys' solutions to that are, are brilliant. Um, that leaves number five on my slot here. What would what oh, else? Nerf. Needs, what was that? Kremlin nerf. Kremlin nerf. 
Yeah, it still needs a little bit. Maybe make the range a little bit shorter or make the damage, tone the damage down of the actual landmark, just so Roos is rateable in Feudal Age. Like, yeah, the gremlins are still an issue, but like, if you're not, if you're going to leave the gremlin mechanic in there, like, you can't really make them completely crap. Right. Well, yeah. I'm wondering, what if you locked gremlins to castle? Hmm. Would that be too big of a nerf? I think that would be. You still have a good defense in feudal. Um, I mean, you still have a massive tower with all the upgrades. Like the Kremlin does a ton of damage if you garrison yeah. it. I was watching. Mm. Uh, yeah, it does. Well, the other day there was. Um, oh, how many knights on, fell to that? Oh my gosh! I know what you're talking about. On, what is it? Uh, the water drain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone had built a Kremlin on one of the middle islands. Against French, and because it was loud, uh, the French player was rallying knights into the Roost base. Oh, so and there were two knights that had passed by the Kremlin and just got chunked down to half health uh, on their way past. And I know that's, you know, you'd be aware of that after the first night. You got pinged by that, and you, you changed the, the rally point, but it does a lot of damage. Yeah, it really does. It's a good landmark. It's a it's a crazy good landmark. No, that's that, that gremlin change. Changing the gremlins to be locked in castle age would be a massive nerf, actually. Because so often in feudal with a TC and you're getting all in, you use that as like a desperation, like I've got to save this. It's all or nothing. The gremlins must save me. And they either do or they don't. That's that would be that would have massive implications. And you know, part of me is kind of like I, I, this is, this is going to kill me because I just learned how to play Ruse and it is a fun sim. I get why everyone's been playing it, and, but it's been so good for so long. I get it. I get why. But man, it's been it's been it's been like a year that Ruse has been the top dog, like top A S or A Civ for ever since this change was implemented. Um, maybe it is something to, maybe to incentivize uh, maybe building some units uh, to defend your second town center. Rather than hit a button, get them for free. Yeah. Well, it definitely would slow down the game a little bit. I think the tricky thing is like it, tempo is so important in this game. And it's really hard, I think, to balance tempo. Uh, because that if you is... go against a sieve that has better tempo, that just puts you at such a disadvantage, despite whatever your skill is. Like you're, you're going to be limited by what your sieve can do. And I don't think the devs really want you to be limited by your sieve, right? Like they, if, uh, the tempo, that's the problem with some of these changes and why people are so upset about it is that. The sieve is making players stronger or weaker, which kind of just sucks, but it makes sense too. But it'd be nice if it was, it's hard to balance. How do you balance like totally different mechanics, right? Yeah, I, I think the problem just comes down to, it's very easy for us, for Roos to go second TC with all the defensive bonuses um, and just go naked to TC really hard to get any sort of counterplay in from if you're playing against Roos there. Uh, because It'll still be easy though, but you know, now you need to build your town center in Kremlin range. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you have to yeah, you can't just rely on these free units to defend. Which honestly, that's not asking a lot either, if you think about it. Like most, most my town centers when I play Roos usually are in Kremlin range, or at least close-ish to it. It's a good habit to get into. Hmm. I'm thinking about a lot of Yeah, I definitely think... Don't it, watch 10 for Tim for that one. Yeah, 
Yeah, dude's a good <laughs> wonder. Nothing on Tim. If you're listening, I'm just gonna bash on you just just a little bit, just out of love. I love when Tim uh, puts his creme on somewhere, and then he's got like his TC out in, in in Narnia to use his words, and he's on the bore, and then he gets it torched down. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, chat! They're torching down my my TC. Why would they do that?" And it's like, "Well, Tim, you put it like in Narnia. Like, what do you expect?" <laughs> the Timlins are amazing. <laughs> I love it. So good. All right. Well. um, those are our five nerfs. Would that be it? What other things? I mean, now we've got like our list of top five of what we would change. What other, any other like spitballing things you guys would want, like to see? I mean, I think, I think Roos, or not Roos, HRE is definitely in need of some love now. Um, change the uh, Merc House so you can get like smaller stacks of units. Oh, just yeah. Let me make single, single units mm. for oil, please, I think it instead was, of just a stack. Oh, was it Tim who said this? I think that, or maybe it was Askled on, on a stream. I forget who said it. It was... I think they're saying like the difference between having zero and 400 uh, olive oil is massive. Like you have 60, or if you have like 300 or zero, it doesn't matter. You need to have like above that. Like it's the same having 300. If you or have 399, you have zero units on the field. If you have 400, you have a pair of Kashyyyk. Yeah. And so like having 350 is the same as having zero essentially. And if they get, if you get yeah. denied right by that. So it's just like that window to have it denied is huge. There's no stopping. Whereas I like, I like your idea. Make it single. That way you can get like one or two out. Uh, there's at least some kind of benefit there. Maybe you don't have that full mass because it got denied eventually, but and you didn't get the oil you needed, but at least you got a couple out of it. You, you get some return because, yeah, not being able to spend your and resources. And in exchange just sucks. for this massive buff to Byzantines, uh, maybe make the uh, shield wall of the Limitani 40 instead of 50%. Yeah, or even 35. Yeah. Like it will still, it will still be insane. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I also think, I mean, you could you could have the Merc House and you could have the prices for like the groups as normal, but that's that would be like a bulk discount. And then you could have singleton units for like is it four jab throwers? Oh, so have they're it for like a little pricier, just a little bit pricier are, for the individuals. They're more expensive individually. I but like if you're that. Able to up that batch, then you can you get a little discount. You get then the, at so least I can say I die to my own greed instead of I die to belts. I like that. No, that's a great idea, Bill. Like, keep the prices the same, but then if they want the individual units, just have it like, okay, you want your individual packaged ice creams? Here you go. An extra 40 cents for the plastic tax or whatever you want to call it. You know, like, I like that. I like that a lot. That's like a single, a single jab thrower would cost more than a quarter of whatever. Yeah. If I'm yeah. going to buy just a so bottle of Coke from the vending machine, it's going to cost me a lot more than if I go to the store or supermarket and buy a pack of 12. Like, yeah, no, I, that, that's, that's a great idea. I love that comment. Right. Interesting strategic decisions of like, can you can you hold out to get the last 30 olive oil you need? Or do you just like, OK, I just need two jab throwers right this instant oh, or I'm so going good. to die. That, Beal, that is such like a that. great idea. I, I'm not I didn't think of that myself. That's actually a really elegant solution for that. That that that'd be nice. But that is number six. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, when I when I hear changes like that suggested, and if they would actually do that, I would feel bad for stuff like uh, Farimba, for instance, where yeah, like, anything where you basically have this bulk mechanic, uh -huh. where where I think to myself, yeah, that would be amazing if this had also this specific mechanic, but like only the new stuff gets it, the old yeah. ones just get left in the dust. Farimba's a different. No, this is a very different. Like, all, all the passive gold they're getting. It's a separate resource that you can't use for anything else. You can use gold for you can other sell things. It. You can sell that's, it for something, true. but that's about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing that. That's not a, I think that's slept on a little bit. Like if you can't use it, you might as well sell it and get, you just got to spend the res somehow. It doesn't feel good, but any other, I uh, feel like changes? Byzantines is very dependent on their mercs. That is, yeah. that is the issue. I feel like Byzantines without mercs is just really bad. No, I agree. I agree. But grant, but the winery just feels bad against sieves that have tempo. So who was that? I think it was Crackety who uh, made the math on that on the stream. Like instead of if you deny berries to a Byzantine when they have the winery on it, like instead of the denying like uh, 1300 food or something, you're denying them like 3000 resources because mm -hmm. they doubled in the oil. Yeah, no, that's true. I, didn't, I never thought about that's going to really actually that's going to affect my play against Byzantines, actually, like for, for, focusing on the I, I, I never thought about that. I've, I've never thought about I should deny the oil specifically, especially when that winery's out. I've always just played normal, just playing to crush them as I do normally. But that's so that, in the Watches Club in in those games yesterday. I think in every single matchup where Byzantines was uh, played, I think their early winery berries got just rushed, just rushed, tower mm. rushed or uh, feudal hard rushed. Yeah, we we had a Jenny uh, tower rush on oh. the uh, on the winery. That was fun. Oh boy, that sounds. Jenny sounds rude. built a barracks and then built a tower. Actually, I really enjoy getting uh, cistern rushed. I thought that was funny. I was playing as a Ubids and got uh, like a month ago and got a uh, cistern rushed. But then he didn't. Uh, I, I I went a desert raiders and he went for a. Uh, he kept making horsemen and I was like, okay, I'll take this fight all day. And I actually ended up winning because of that. I, I castled up eventually, slowed me down a bit, but was able to get around and crushed him that that was a fun game it was the second time he did it the first time he managed it he first time he, he actually i played the same guy twice in a row this keeps happening to me guys i played the same guy two times in a row the first time he just sent some villagers trying to villa rush me with his byzantines I, I i swept them away it was like it was like it was a joke i was like okay really like my desert raider just killed his vills it was like one vill didn't do it the second game uh was on cliff side and then he sent the he actually sent a group and actually towered and actually did the cistern rush so he had the little spears he could pull out and, and stab my my guy and I actually tagged in the chat like, oh, you learned. That's so much smarter. Like, way, way to go. And I still ended up beating him because he went horseman after that. And I was like, dude, like, I've got camels, my man. I feel like <laughs> if you type that, you deserve to lose. I, I kind of did. Well, I, I was like genuinely like, oh, hey, you like you learned to bring the system. That's like actually really. I, I was being genuine. Like, that's actually a really smart, like good, good job. Like, I was smart. And I, I guess maybe it came across as really sarcastic because I ended up beating him. But. I was like, oh, hey, that's really smart. Because the first game, I was like, where's the cistern? Isn't he going to actually do it right? Like, if you're going to vill rush me, at least do it right. Like, come on, make it worth my you time. Gotta, <laughs> you got it. So cistern rush, they drop a cistern in your base and they do the tech that the Arkitoad uh -huh. or whatever. They pull out the stabby stabs, the civil defense force comes out. Okay. Yeah. So you can't right. just Because like, I was looking at, in my brain, it was like, what? Like what effect on the cistern would have like yeah. Yeah, the accretoid research raid by yeah. what is yeah, they, oh, yeah, drop, that, they the, drop that tower the and then they take the resource and get the bonus for it it's actually kind of elegant i kind of do uh, like it it's just it didn't work in that instance um <laughs> but it was the, the, it was the second time than spears then it's great <laughs> yeah it, it was it was really fun uh but it was his second time rushing the first time he didn't bring a cistern it was only one vill the second time he was a lot more committed to it it's it still didn't work because i had a backup gold but it could have worked a lot better. I was actually impressed by it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, unless anyone has any last second things they really want to see, I think we'll take just a quick break and then get onto our Reddit post, do a little bit of a shorter episode today. Sounds good to me. Sortable friends list, please. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, sortable friends. Yes. Yes. UI fixes across the board, please. All right. Back in just a minute.
you ever seen a knight in need, all alone on the battlefield with no one to call a friend? Well, morenights.com is here to help. We're not asking for your money, we're asking for your heart. Adopt a knight today and give them the home they deserve. These knights are warriors, they're brave, they're strong, and they need you. By adopting a knight from morenights.com, you'll be giving them a new lease on life. You'll be their companion, their confidant, and their battle buddy. So come on, give a knight a chance. Visit morenights.com and start the adoption process. Who knows, you might just find your new best friend. Adoptive parents of knights should keep their knights safe from harm, from hurtful things such as town center fire, cannon emplacements, spears, and archer pilings. All adoptions are final. Please handle your knights with care. Visit www.morenights.com for details. Morenights.com, where knights become family. We're back. Uh, we're going to get through this second half fairly quick. We've got lives to still live, but we're, we, we are getting this episode out. So for all you listeners, we're, we're getting it. We, we heard we heard the chatter. People were getting nervous that we might have just fallen off the face of the earth. But no, we're here. So let's dive into some Reddit posts. Actually, there was a lot. I, I, I was surprised going through this morning looking for posts. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So hopefully we don't uh, chew the fat too, too long. Um, the first one, I actually like this a lot. A lot. This question posted by Ben Bamboo a day ago from the time of recording. And he says, what do you forget exists? There are so many features into the game that sometimes I completely forgot something exists and then get the end of the game and kick myself that I didn't utilize it. Um, trade. He gets so busy mining and working the mines around the map. He forgets that trade is uh, starting trade is an option. And he says that building a university, he gets to Imperial and oh, this one hurts, gets to Imperial upgrade to existing tech. And he often forgets about the university upgrades and options that are available there. So what are some things we forget to do or forget or mechanics of the game that we just forget exists? Naval arrow slits. Ooh, that's a good one. I forget a lot of the times, especially on maps where um, there's going to be fights near your dock. I forget that naval arrow slits exist quite a bit. Um, and I always, as soon as it usually takes my opponent researching them uh for their docs that i realized like oh yeah i could have had this like two minutes ago i could have more decisively won a naval battle had had that researched that's a good answer that's a playing against shinobi on a water map where i just thought well yeah my fuel timing is good look i'm uh, up right at his my warship is going to come out right at this uh, correct second i'm going to be perfectly in sync with hey there's a disable on my dock yeah. well rip i guess i'm dead dock's on fire i yeah. kind of forgot that existed well that, the, the arrow slits don't shoot anything that's land they only shoot naval targets right yes that is correct yeah and also, if you disable it, you can't finish the arrow slits. It's like just a, another oh, production thing. That's rough. Japanese on water is scary. Those shinobi. The, the water drake uh, games were amazing. Like Japanese just feels uh, a little OP on that map. Yeah, Japanese mm. is a. But it's kind of fun that like they're because uh, the trade off is that like if you can figure a way around that, their eco is stunted for it. You know, because they don't have the the free farms. So I, I do kind of like the trade off because that Kura storehouse, the uh, or sorry, the uh, storehouse warehouse. Um, definitely feels a lot worse. Uh, feels like you miss that when you don't have it. 
but the shinobi are just so much fun um i like some of the other answers here i'm trying to think of myself mine is uh oh what do i what would i say for mine um it used to be the boar that used to be one i just forgot about for ages because i always went on the berries as i was on a berry sieve for the longest time and now playing roost i'm like the boar is so important i'm thinking oh even when I play English or HRE, it's so rare. Or even French, I just don't usually think about the boar. I always go for the deer. Uh, so that's been yeah. one that, for me, rediscovering the boar has been kind of fun, honestly. That's a mechanic and a part of the game that I just, if you don't play with it, you just never see it, right? Um, that, yeah, that's been mine. Season, that, that was something for me as well, because uh, I came into this season playing a lot of Ottomans and Abbasids. And so when I started playing Jean d'Arc, just forgetting like oh wait yeah why am i not taking this like amazing food resource because it's something i typically wouldn't go out to do um with the other civs yeah i've i've casted games before where the ottoman went out for the boar oh yes it was loyal <laughs> legends it was the finals actually it was oh, a, it was oh, a no. good history lesson so what religion did the ottoman have yeah i feel like yeah look we've, we've got a history lesson right here it's it's amazing it's beautiful <laughs> maybe the uh, big crescent on their flag might, might have, have you given off, a, a clue you might know that that is uh, an islamic not what that's for um that's oh that's funny um bonfire i forget that one all the time actually palings uh, for english uh it's it's bonfire and the, even the the palings for archers i just totally yeah, forget that exists i'm and, so and on bad that vein, at using them uh archer pay uh the arbitre for french having the uh the shield things that they do for the uh mm. arbitre i forget that exists all the time that i never forget i i love arbalists they're so great at like everything they do they're so yeah, good they're crazy they're crazily they're really underrated for how good they really are um, I like some of the answers too. someone says tithe barns. That's when that I actually don't forget mm. uh, most of because I feel like some people mispronounce that word a lot. It's tithe barns. That's how it's pronounced. Some people say like tithy and I always kind of giggle when I hear that because it just sounds really different. Uh, it's tithe barns. That's one that I, I always click up because I used to love getting relics uh, as HRE and going Imperial. Uh, that, that's a big one. Those those resources you get huge late game. Um, some people here say so we're say 14th century bishop confirmed confess your sins my son <laughs> <laughs> i'm not balding yet so we're good we're good um yeah it, it's it, there's a lot of co cool things um someone says guild hall Ooh, that's one not to have on you don't want to forget that one uh yeah so that's, that's a fun thing to think of. like there's some th mechanics that we just kind of forget when we play the game uh let's see what else next question down the line here um uh, it says how to win versus english as english um, I just thought this was a really funny question. I don't want to read the whole thing. It's, it's quite a long, long spiel, but I just want to say, like, I, I think this is a kind of an interesting thought and I, I don't want to keep it just what well, we will answer just English versus English, what you do, but moreover in mirror matches, I think this is kind of a bigger, like could be a bigger topic, right? Like how do you, like, I, I think a mirror match is one of the best tests of skill versus skill. Cause you just, you have no advantages over your opponent at that point, right? There is no civ advantage that your opponent doesn't have. Um, they're some of the most interesting and boring games to watch at the same time, depending on the matchup. Uh, I'll send that one to you guys. What do you guys think? English versus English, first of all, what would you do? And then maybe a broader sense, what are you looking at for mirror matches to win? So much uh, more OP when they do it. <laughs> it really is. I, <laughs> yeah, I try to kill more longbows than they can kill my longbows. That's typically how I try to win that one. Uh, 
Yeah, although I used to back in, I've done it a few times, just throwing out a nice little Abby of memes, trying to catch the other English player off guard. Ooh, that's fun. Uh, anticipating that they're just going to go longbows for a while, get that king out on the field, get some weird little raids in. Um, but I, I don't think that's optimal. I think it is no. just don't lose as many longbows as uh, any more than you've killed. Yeah. With like mirror matches in particular, like the differences are that you have your build order will shine a lot more than with a, your with English versus like, say, like another sieve. Like when it's not a mirror match, the differences of your build order compared to another player doing the same sieve are going to be different. But with a mirror match, like the differences in your build order that uh, like because when you're comparing yourself English to English player or Delhi to Delhi player, like the little differences are very magnified. Whereas another sieve, like the bonuses are still kind of there and the matchup stays kind of the same regardless of the small tweaks. But in the 1v1s, like, for instance, for English, uh, what I like to do, I, I obviously what you said, Bill, you, you just got to win the, the, the longbow fight. You got to have better micro. You got to be a better player just in general. Um, I like to try if you can swing it, mixing in just a couple minute arms a little early uh, just to tank a little bit and get on that front line and harry the uh, archers before they get a chance. If you can keep your archer mass at the same level as your opponents and then just sprinkle like three metad arms in there, uh, that can have a big effect if you can just kind of swing that and catch them off guard mixing up your comp just ever so slightly that could work depends on the I level of play i mean if feudal goes late yeah, enough yeah for sure but like if you if you mix them in too early then uh -huh. i have way more longbows than you and yeah, exactly i will pick off your longbows and then just kite them at arms no yeah, exactly i would definitely say it's definitely for like if you've been playing feudal for a bit she i've noticed if you're going feudal age for a while and it's definitely like a feudal slog um whoever starts mixing in minute arms first then uh, provided you don't go too early, like Beal said, and can keep up the constant production of archers uh, or longbows. Once you get the couple of that, that slight tech switch can catch your opponent off guard. I, that's actually a big thing to keep in mind in general, too, is like when you tech switch, you're going to get a small window where your opponent's not going to be able to switch into it as well, unless they have a really good read on that. Right. Because Some players will have a good sense of, hey, this guy's wanting to try. I can tell he's going to want to switch into this tech instead. Uh, so I therefore need to also switch into this tech to counter that potential switch. Um, but if you can catch your opponent with a tech change before they get there, that, that could be really, that, that's a really good thing to know, have a gain sense of when to do that as a player. That that's really critical to breaking through out of gold and out of platinum and getting kind of up into the diamond conch range. That's definitely, I think what really important is knowing kind of when you need to be thinking about that tech change and then committing to that and actually doing it. Cause some people kind of like, it's like that tunnel vision problem, right? You get so tunnel visioned on like where that keeps at in the middle. You forget to kind of raid around or just go around the wall because you get so stuck on one angle of attack. Same thing with like, I know the when text. you're saying you in that sentence, you're talking, talking about, about me. My, yeah, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about all of us. It's all, I'm you, the listener. You know who you are. You do this. I do this. We all do this. Um, but I think the same thing applies wow, to your most downloaded episode ever. Yeah. Uh, I think the same thing applies to army composition. Sometimes we like triple down on the same army composition. Oh, Bill, we saw this yesterday. So how many times do we see samurai? Yeah. When that uh, wasn't the play anymore. Multiple games, yeah. Observing Japanese in low elo legends where they were just so dead set on making samurai when that was not the unit at all that they needed. Mass samurai into mass crossbows. Uh, mass samurai into mass here? sofa. Yeah, that's a little painful. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was. It really was. It was like, it was, man, a couple spears maybe, and then switching to Onamusha. Right Onamusha would have been yeah. the way to go, like all day. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think a tunnel vision. It could be a really we could talk, have a whole episode just about tunnel visioning on multiple things. 
Um, that, that'd be my tip. I don't want to get too into the nitty gritty of English versus English, but yeah, beat more longbows. Um, just, uh, I'm stuck in like three seasons ago, English mirror where you <laughs> would scout if your opponent actually does want to see all in. And if he does, well, you kind of have to follow suit, but otherwise you just, uh, both players just go to TC fast mm-hmm. castle knights. And then it's just a slog. <laughs> it's awful. It's who can raid better. Um, this one is Pretty posted. Much. This next post is posted by, uh, drawn to life from a day ago. Um, it's got no, uh, this guy's kind of mauling a little bit. He's got no votes. I'll give him a little upvote to make him feel better. Um, now he's got one it's upvote. Reddit. It's Reddit. He has been downvoted almost into oblivion if it weren't for me to save him here. Um, he says, deer hunt versus roost. I am so done with clicking deer. Despite frustrations with more significant balances of issues of late, my greatest annoyance arises when facing roost. Suddenly then, against my will, I'm forced into a tedious minigame, obligated to scour the map with, for deer and wolves. It is highly RNG and APM dependent. It's a distraction and it's oh so boring. And all the while knowing that my Roost opponent has an advantage here with more scouts and less disruption to his build order. Even on the rare occasions when I opt to play as Roost, I still find this task loathsome. Can't there be some alternative to the system, perhaps something more logical than slaughtering all the wildlife? Maybe something that's just a little more enjoyable. Any ideas? Um, first of all, like if you don't like doing that, don't play Roost. Um, clearly. Second of oh, all, I, well, I understand his sentiment, though. Um, some are there people, any ideas? Is my question. Um, well, oh, good, good, good question. I wish the game would auto-attack deer once you start killing any. deer. Yeah. Um, would be way less pressing if they got their bounty as a bonus when dropping off meat at a mill, but it would make, uh, make current roost builds. It would nuke current roost builds since it would be a slower trickle of gold across the game instead of a burst in the beginning. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Um, you could all have to do is shift Q up the deer. Uh, someone just saying, stop complaining. No one forces you to do anything. This is this, this, one's a bit, this one's a bit disingenuous. He says, no one forces you to do anything. You don't have to play optimally. The game rightly rewards you for doing so. It's like, well, if it rewards you to do so and you want to be good and win, you have to play. It is forcing you. Um, there's a thing about this game. Every civilization has advantages and disadvantages. And to exploit the advantages, sometimes you have to do a little more planning and micro. If you don't want to play as the roost, pick a different civ. If you're burnt out of the game, there's a million reveal, real world activities you can do. People are being kind of rude and just saying, uh, just touch grass. Um, I actually understand the sentiment, though, because people complain all the time that, oh, well, this civ is forcing me to do something. I, don't, I, I feel like a couple civs have this right where you have to respect certain things and do certain things. Roos is kind of annoying. Like you do have to. There, there are two types of civs in this game. I'm going to break it down just two. If for this example, there are civs that dictate what your opponent has to do. And there are civs that don't. There are reactionary civs and civs that set the game plan. Right. So, uh, for instance, Roos is one of those civs, right? They are setting the tone. They are going to go for those deer. And if you don't do it, you are automatically at a disadvantage. They are going to, you have to react to that. And usually you have to change your build order by building a second scout. Is that optimal? No. Does Roos get an extra edge because of that? Yes, kind of. Um, you can't deny. If you do it right, you could hurt Roos for their greed. Um, but at the end, you're not really getting anything out of it. They're getting more out of that interaction. Um, so other civs are kind of like this. I think of like a, it used to be like French could raid you, right? Going against French meant you had to adjust your build order to expect feudal pressure immediately. Um, trying to think what other civs like do that. Like, there's a couple of civs that kind of set what the game is going to be about, right? Some games are about the relics. Some games like against Delhi, you're playing like the sacred site game. Like whether you want to or not, you have to. Um, Mongols Tower Rush. Yeah, Mongols Tower Rush. Like, great example. Or trade even, the trade wing you. And like you have to either disrupt the trade or deal with the Tower Rush, usually both. Um, you, there's no getting around that. So I get the frustration with that because um, not every sieve does set the tone that way. But I would argue 
sieves that do tend to be a bit tend to be on the better side of the of the list of sieves. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? What are, what are your thoughts on on this? Because obviously, like I mean, it's part of the game. You just got to kind of accept that. But I understand the frustration with it. I do. Un- I understand it at least. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate having to go after deer packs against Bruce. I I do. I do dislike the fact that I have to optimally build a second scout and be down a villager compared to Roos uh, at the beginning. Uh, like it's like a debuff against you. It's not just a buff for the Roos. Uh-huh. It is kind of a debuff against the the sieve that's playing against them. Um, and I don't really know how to fix it, but I also don't feel like it's that big of an issue. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely I, the kind I, of thing I agree with that. Yeah, like the my issue with uh, the current version of uh, having to uh, deny bounty versus a Rus player is uh, I did enjoy the little micro battles with the scouts. But uh, now that animation canceling is a thing again, mm-hmm. I no longer do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a, I'm not just not a fan of the mechanic currently. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been but like that's hopefully getting fixed. Having being someone who's like learning Roos, everyone's like, oh, you gotta learn how to animation cancel. And the part of me is like, well, I'm trying. It's really it's not easy to do. You really gotta kind of like sit down and learn it. And so most often, I just don't even I, I don't even try. I'm just kind of just clicking just to see. If I get lucky with the animation cancel, I'm not really trying to learn it because it, it is an exploit, essentially. It really is. And that's an interesting thing to talk about, too. I'm not bad at it. I just I just don't like it. I don't think yeah. it should be in the game. Uh-huh. And that's that. Right. And I think that comes down to like uh, different design philosophy philosophies between AOE 2 and AOE 4, where AOE 2 has a lot of like, OK, I'm going to micro out of the way of arrow shots and I'm going to mm-hmm. do like. I'm going to build my walls are going to be built out of houses around my my lumber camps. Um, and those are things I don't personally enjoy. Yeah. This, uh, this translation is actually really great to our next post. If you guys don't mind me just interjecting just a little bit. Um, the next mm-hmm. post is from Fit Freedom 658650 from two days ago. Uh, it's a poll, but it is fish deleting bug abuse. When you build a dock or a wall on a shoreline fish, it will disappear. You don't have to finish the buildings, just start building and then cancel. This is especially impactful on maps like Himanyama or Rocky River. Um, and the answer is, uh, that's an interesting question, because that's a very specific one where attorneys have banned that, right? A lot of attorneys have said that is a exploit. Do not do it. Is it there? Is it meant to be an exploit? Is it allowed? Like what, what, what? And to me, my, my, the broader question kind of is, is what is considered an exploit and what is game design, right? Because uh, that animation canceling, I think we're kind of all of us here in this this uh, podcast agreeing that that's an exploit essentially like that should not be in the game we don't think it's a good part of the game my going to the deer is already enough right they've addressed it once before now it's back again it shouldn't be there i think this fish deleting one is an interesting thought too because it does feel kind of cheesy to but because here's, here's the thing i draw the line at the Build fish. A long palisade wall on canal and just yeah to me that, <laughs> deny a bunch of fish. that to me feels like an exploit However, yeah. slaying the boar does not feel like that to me. I feel, I feel like, like oh, sorry, after you built. Okay, I, I feel like the tournaments may have come around on uh, other sieves, like Islamic sieves, the leading boar. Uh-huh. I feel like, honestly, the I don't know why. Um, 
why it's not in the game, but the, the elegant solution would be yes, let Islamic civs kill the boar, but the boar stays on the ground and has the food. It doesn't just get deleted. Like that, that would, would be, be pretty the, obvious. Obviously, that would be the <laughs> yeah clear solution for that. Because it does a couple um, things, right? Because I don't right right now, even now with it being deleted, uh, is a, that that deletion's a little bit cheesy. But with when you're trying to deny both, not only it used to be just denying the bounty from Roos and, and right. the food, which it hurts, but also for Joan of Arc now and the XP, that's also a big part of the game now that you're going to see a lot. Right. So two sieves require killing the boar for more than just the food. So yeah, yeah I, maybe uh, leave the food, or maybe even have the food be cut in half. Maybe maybe meet it in the middle. Maybe it's oh, if, yeah. if they think if they feel like it's meant to be a part of denial, because I think that being able to deny something like that makes sense. But dropping the, the things, uh, dropping the walls and then canceling it to do that. If you drop the wall and it stays there, like if you couldn't can't if you canceled it and the fish came back, I'd be OK with it. But if you I feel like the fish do come back now, do they? Uh, I, I feel I like they, they don't. Because if oh, they did, I thought, then I would feel fine with it. Because then you, in that. order to deny it, you'd have to let the wood stand. Because then you have to pay wood to deny the food and then i'm okay with it because then it's a it's a strategic choice right you're not just getting it for free you're not doing it just for nothing um that'd be my that would be where i would draw the line oh okay for some reason i did think there was a patch that um if you destroyed the building then the fish would they they patch that so that uh, like if you place a dog like uh, close to a a shoreline fish it does not automatically like delete everything in a three kilometer radius that yeah. is a lot of uh, range for back, those so. uh, american even out of there <laughs> but uh yeah it's essentially still if you place it on top of a fish school it will disappear okay yeah I, so yeah the fix is patch it so that the fish will reappear even then i i still it's a weird uh-huh. how do you f- like because there are there are situations where you do want to drop a dock in a spot and the there's fish like everywhere on the coast so you uh-huh. have to delete something uh so you can't just make it so that you can't delete it you can't place buildings on where fish are i think i think uh, if it's if you just I, I think maybe just changing it so that if you immediately cancel the building or if you destroy the building, it comes back after a couple seconds. I think would be a nice choice. I like that solution. When I saw that post, I was considering voting or like writing anything about it and decided against it because it's Reddit and nobody's going to care anyway. Yeah. Um, so the thing that annoyed me about it is I think this is not really intended behavior, but I wouldn't call it a bug abuse. It is just very bad mannered. Yeah, it is. And there's a, and there's a reason it's not in tournaments and they don't allow it because it just feels not very sportsmanlike in a way, which it, it, I say that and I kind of think I have a little voice in my head going Socrates, like all's fair in love and war. Right. Like if you're not there's actually no cheating, you're not you're not doing some kind of third party way to cheat this game. You're just playing with what the mechanics in game allow you to do. So if that's the case, shouldn't everything be allowed? Shouldn't that be OK? I mean, I agree the that certain things the mechanic. There's no counterplay. Yeah, right. No, yeah, no, no, I'm, no, I'm just gonna off. drop drop down at a palisade. I'm gonna uh, spend one second starting to build it. The fish is disappearing. Yeah. I'm canceling the palisade and moving on. There's no counterplay. The fish is that, gone. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I feel like if you delete that, <laughs> that's why I like the idea of it. If you want it, if it's already in the game, make make it a mechanic and make it legit. So like, if you're denying the boar for the food, make it lose half health. Or if you or you know like, uh, I think that 
Because otherwise, I think there, there needs to be some kind of counterplay for stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting question. There's a lot of debate that we could talk about. Um, I, I, I think the easiest fix for the fish, at least, is to, if you want to invest the wood to keep it there, sure. And then delete it, and then it maybe just comes back after a bit. And if you just cancel it before it's built, then it doesn't even disappear. That'd be, that'd be the way to fix it, I think. So you can't just exploit it. Because, yeah, it, it, is, it is kind of exploitative. All right, we've got three more to go through. We're almost there. Let's 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 keep going. We, we got this. We're doing really good. Um, what is the counter to Dark Age Villager Rush? Yeah, Sugar Scoot uh, posted this three days ago. Um, I just played the game as Japan as English. I scouted five vills moving out. I immediately start gathering wood to place a tower on my gold so I don't get denied age up. English still kills two of my vills that are working on putting up a tower. English player eventually ages up with Council Hall outside my base at the edge of the map, puts walls around it and harasses me with longbows while I try to get some samurai out. If I chase longbows with samurai, he retreats to the walls. This feels unfair, unfun. I will say, first of all, I think English has an advantage over Japanese in the matchup already. Um, I think that's a tough matchup for Japanese. One of the rare ones that's really hard for them. Uh, also, this is a tough strat. And you're going to see it more and more because it's a very powerful Dark Age rush. One of the better ones in the game by far. So what would you guys do? Well, get 200 gold enough gold immediately. And I ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Bella, shout out to Bella with the little heart at the end uh, in the low ELO legends yesterday. She got tower rushed in a, it was a, it was like all of her gold was gone. Like two gold veins were next to each other on Frisian marshes. Uh, and uh, the Mongol player dropped the tower right on it. Uh, she already had the gold to age up to age two. Uh, had, she was playing as French and managed to pop out some horsemen um, and just kept her cool. Eventually pulled the vills when uh, the Mongol player wasn't really Mongol player really didn't reinforce that position, just kind of dropped the tower and then, you know, called it a day. Uh, eventually, she pulled the vills later with some horsemen and torched it down and reclaimed the gold, but she kept her cool at first. I think that's step one, right? Is just keep your cool. Don't panic. Um, yeah, I mean, if you know, especially if you scout it out way ahead of time, you have a nice little smile on your face that like, OK, I'm going to get the 200 gold now and then go to food. And oh, they're like. There's so much idle time that the English just invested into something that they're not going to get really anything out of. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to say this from a uh, very high horse of uh, just dying to this versus beastie. But I feel like it might not have been the villager rush only <laughs> because I because I did scout it out. That is the first thing that you do. You just move your scout straight across the map. And if you meet villagers, well, congratulations, you did the first step right. And you can now counter it mm. because if they blindside you with it and you don't have to go to a job, then it's going to become a nightmare. Mm hmm. Now, I will say this kind of plays into that again. Certain sieves make you react certain ways. I have had to start doing this where I you, like it's like a, against Order of the Dragon. You have to respect the fact that they can Dark Age rush you and they might. It's a very good chance they might. Uh, same with like Mongols. Mongols, everyone knows they're probably going to do it. So you're already on the lookout. English, I think you need to be on the lookout. It's, it's like going Roos. It's like Roos. You have to build a second scout. You have to respect the bounty game. You just have to. Uh, English, you've got to respect that they could Vil rush you. Um, if it catches you off guard, it's one of those things like you have to, everyone learns at once. It happens to everyone once for me. I was as Ottomans on Prairie got Vil Rush and I realized my free spears could do diddly crap because they have five arrow damage and he had five of them. I, I couldn't fight that. He had the arrow damage uh, with the vill villagers. Um, so everyone learns that once. Like everyone gets like rushed with like a million scouts in their base gets like landmark landmark rushed once. Like It's part of the game is learning that. And then after that, you just have to respect certain things and you just got to know that that's just part of the game. 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just one more thing on that. Yeah. Because I I don't I don't know how many low elo legends games or like lower elo plays or even higher elo plays I have to watch where people react to a uh, villager moving towards their base in the dark age, and their reaction is I am going to put a tower next to my resource and that is going to save me. It it just doesn't. It just does not, because all that guy will do is he's going to move on the other side of that resource. He's going to put his own tower up, and your resource is still denied. Congratulations, you just wasted 100 wood. Yeah. Like, a tower can help, but it's, yeah, it definitely doesn't mean you're safe by any means. Like, he's, they can still tower it. Unless your spawn is amazing, at that one tower will block off all angles. Like, a tower does not save you from a tower. That's true. You know, sometimes there are spots where it can work out kind of well if you have a good spawn. But yeah, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta have a plan B. You gotta expect that it's gonna be, you're, he's gonna be behind, but you're gonna have that denied for a bit. No, that, that's a good point. Um, next post here, we're almost done through these. Uh, do doubt three six eight. Another English question, but I don't want to focus on the English part so much. Um, he says English went to two TC, three TC, or feudal pressure, and I want to expand that to kind of more other civs that have the option to do either of these strats. Um, when is it good to go 2TC, 3TC, or feudal pressure? Like, I just want to have a quick discussion of when you should be thinking about those kind of things and how you should go about making those decisions. So I'll, 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 you guys can go first on this one. I don't really have any big thoughts on this right at the moment. That is a big question. That is essentially like, yeah, I'll, I'll answer episode, this huh? with saying that is, that is a lot of game knowledge you're going to assume there. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, I mean, if you know, if you're going against a sieve where feudal pressure really isn't going to do much of anything because of their because of how timings work out, then yeah, go to TC and just just get the better economy going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it really is a it depends. It really depends on yeah. what's. Let's narrow this down a little bit. I, I've got an idea. I have a thought on this. I'll narrow it down just a little bit. Um, we're about out of time, so we'll, we'll try and go quick. But I just want to have a, I think this is a, I, I've got a thought on this. So let's say that my plan is to 2TC. I, I'm playing Roos, so let's assume I'm always going 2TC, right? Let's say I'm going against like Abbasid, right? Let's say I, 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 I load into an Abbasid game. He's probably going to 2TC. And I see he's probably going to go 2TC as well. He's on the stone. He knows we're both 2TCing up. At that instance, I'm thinking about three TCs, right? Because I know Abbasid already has cheaper villagers. I know they're going for that two TC game. They've got camels to worry about at some point. Um, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know if I really want to. I, I kind of want to out boom still. That's an instance I might go three TCs. Uh, I would. I mean, when I played Abbasid a lot uh, against Roos, uh, you could try that. But honestly, just getting some knights in the Abbasid's base yeah. and like really disrupting their economy um because against abbasid you don't want to go into a tc war because not really not really i I guess let me me rephrase that too a little bit like i I don't usually go immediately three tcs either um i think that's that's one i don't usually go three in a row it's two tcs and then i'm playing feudal for a bit and i'm actually committing to like you said some knights. i I probably should have specified that like you're going to be playing feudal knights and then if i feel comfortable there comes a point where you either decide am i going to have to take this into castle or do i want to get some more eco or am i going to double down my my feudal pressure i I, that's i do have that conversation with myself though like where if i'm getting some good raids in maybe i should drop another tc 
and I could really ramp up my economy and I could really kind of get things going. Or maybe I have enough. I should move into, uh, move into, to castle age. I think you got to kind of keep an eye on your macro. Cause sometimes the macro kind of slips away a little bit. Right. Um, I've noticed that sometimes I've, my macro mistakes will decide what I want to do next. Like, let's say if I've been playing lots of nights, so I've got no food, food, no gold. I can't go castle anytime soon. Cause I'm really, I'm two TC and really heavy into nights. Um, usually i'll end up floating as ruse i'll float a ton of wood and i'll be like well you know i could just move six vills off of like half the wood wood vills off go on to stone drop another tc in a bit and then eventually whenever i decide to stop making units i can maybe get into castle age so sometimes i let my macro mistakes make my decisions for me six on wood six on wood six on wood no more no more that's good to know that's good to know i mean usually i'm popping a lot more onto food and gold because i'm constantly popping out nights but you i'm trying to build the infrastructure as well to do that so yeah sometimes i I'll keep that. Let me, let me write that down. Six on wood. <laughs> so I know. So that, that will give you uh, houses constantly when you need them. And okay. that will also give you like extra production buildings about the time you need them. And it will give you a blacksmith. Well, today I learned. There we go. Because I've, I've, I've had the point where I'll have like 12 or like eight or nine, 10 on wood, you know, somewhere in that range. And it's like, oh, I've got a little extra wood. I'm sitting on extra 400 wood. I really should just spend it on something. And that's a can be a good, good idea. But yeah. That's, that's, I just want to, just throw throw to assume we are all guilty of this, but usually on most civs, when I am making new vills and I don't like have a specific goal right at that instance, and you should always have a specific goal if we're being honest, but sometimes I but just we're not don't. perfect. Yeah, we're not beastie cutie here. Then uh, I just rally to wood. Yeah, that's what I do. Wood yeah. is my default rally that's my default. for sure. Which is why I, sometimes I'm sitting there with like, oh, I've got a ton of wood. Why well, should I mean, because my, my big thing is I if I realize I'm floating something, I want to spend it. Like the sooner I spend it, the sooner I get some of that lost time back, you know, and a TC, I mean, it's 400 woods, a pretty big investment. So sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I could do that. Like, especially if I have like, sometimes I'll have like one or two on stone just for like, maybe like adding arrow slits, but I'll leave them on there and forget about them. So I've got like, maybe I've got like 150 stone. I'm like, you know, I can just pull off, go on stone for just a moment. Boom. And then I can just drop that TC. And it's like, I was planning that the entire time. I think it's macro important to mistakes, it's a macro miracles. I, I, I think there. that's a good, that's a great way to look at it though. Right? Like sometimes, like, I mean, sometimes that, that kills you. If you are floating a ton of resources and you just happen to, let's say you're in castle age and like, Oh shoot, I have enough to go Imperial. Let me just do that. That could be a bad idea, right? That may be not be the right idea, depending on how the battles in the field are going. So sometimes that could really bite you in the butt. But I think if you can leverage that and do like, Oh, that's a mistake, but I can just pretend I was going for this anyways and make it work. then that could be viable. That could be, I think that could be a very viable way of going about it. Maybe not optimal, but, but viable. I just want to throw out, uh, we were talking about the Kremlin before, but it is also an eco landmark because yeah, of the it is. additional wood. Maybe they should just yeah. take that off of it. Maybe that's the nerf they need is just get rid of that. Force them to actually build yeah, the tower if, again. If they do, I don't think, yeah, that would actually be the hardest nerf that Kremlin could get, I feel like, if it does no longer provide the wooden fortress buff. Because then it actually hurts your momentum massively uh -huh. going yeah, Kremlin. That'd be a big, instead of leave everything else the same, leave the Gremlins alone and just get rid of that or, or nerf the effect it has by a lot or something. Yeah, I could. Like, I genuinely think that most people would go back to Golden Gate. Yeah. Interesting. All right, last, uh, I'm thinking about that now, but I don't want to go into too much into discussion on it because we've already talked a lot about it and it's almost, uh, we're going a little bit late here. Let's Let's try and finish up here. Last post Don't before we uh, dive into some extra sheep. I do have my one extra sheep, um, but this one's by uh, Zamataro four days ago. So someone can someone please explain to me why Ayubids have low win rate in at later stages of the game, or is it just low elo problem? And the answer is because they're all about timing. Um, they're all about timing, and 
they once after they go a late yeah. castle, they don't have the eco for it. They just don't. If you can match their castle timing uh, and survive their initial push, you're going to be fine as long as they don't get all the relics and overwhelm you somehow. Yeah, that so. graph is uh, perfect for explaining their power spike. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, what is it? 10 to fit uh, 10 minutes to 19 minutes. Like right around sixty-five percent win you know, rate. I will say, you know, like, yeah, like there's a little bit of a cliff. Yeah, it's a big cliff. I mean, it's it, it's still viable. Like twenty-five minutes in, you're still like a fifty-five percent chance, and it then it really kind of falls off and dips into a low. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the the twenty to twenty-nine minute mark before, like as it's descending, is just games where you have definitely crippled the opponent's economy, but they just haven't, yeah, forfeited yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, you know, it's funny to me that there's a lot of streamers who really hate. I'm thinking about 1014 in particular, who really hate late game. Um, I'm not really I, I, late game is exhausting, but I think the hate towards late game is kind of funny sometimes. Uh, Tim, Tim in particular, I, I've got some critiques on on Tim's late game play. I definitely like feel like, dude, you just got to embrace, embrace oh, the chaos. Yeah, Tim. Like we're gonna do a Tim. Um, uh, we, we, I love Tim so much. I feel like I can say this. I really do love his stream, and you guys should follow him if you haven't. Um, but he, he hates late game, and I'm part of me. I'm like, well, like it, it's easy. You just a, move all your units, just keep producing, keep throwing, never let your pop cap dip below 180. Ideally, you should always be at 200. And then just micro your siege only. Just A, move everything else, micro the siege, try to raid when you can. Tim likes to just raid, raid, raid. Uh, he doesn't like taking the big fight is the problem. He doesn't know how, he doesn't like microing his siege while he does that. He tries to keep microing stuff. Uh, like he like he likes horse archers a lot, right? That's his like favorite thing in the world. He likes to just kind of keep raiding and playing with those and do the micro heavy game for that. And it's like, dude, just do that with the siege. But he doesn't like the siege, but it's like just because you just got to micro them. Um, anyways, um, yeah, that's, but I, I think mean, it's funny with, that with late game, it, it is like I I don't like it as much either. I because I do love early aggression and all that, and I love feudal age and how that plays out. Um, it's also I'd have less practice in yeah. late game because just the nature of it. I've played so many games in feudal, like every game you can practice feudal. Uh, it's very it's more rare to practice how to play in a game situation after the 45 minute mark. Mm -hmm. You just described my absolute nightmare, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) both players just hold down that production button and spam infinite resource units into each other while having a mass trade or like another infinite resource mechanic going. So you can never actually kill them unless you like actually get a decisive victory i mean the, tr- the trick though to it is like you gotta you gotta Here, you gotta take the big fight in the middle so. micro your siege but you also just gotta find you gotta at some point it, you gotta have to apm for it, eventually sneak something and try and break through a different spot you gotta not tunnel vision too hard on the one spot where the fights are you gotta just break away just a little bit of stuff and get in the backfield once you do that like it's like paper mache just crumples all over. It's like it's like those uh, what is it Prince Rupert drops where if you you're, break a little tiny bit You're fighting back, against an English player that has keeps everywhere. Yeah, that could be tough. But but again, I will say, I mean, it keep, keeps everywhere. That might be a problem. But if there's just like the one Berkshire in the middle, just go around, find some, get some rams, build a siege workshop in the corner, ram down the walls off to the side, and get in the back. Like if they have a million keeps and it's gone on for two hours, that's one thing. But Usually it's mostly centered around one spot and you just got to get around. Okay, let's listen to my things here just real quick. What if instead of having all of your units primed at 99% ready to pop out the moment you dip below the 200 population cap, you start producing them the moment you dip below. 
you start actually the timer starts at that moment so it actually is meaningful what you do with the military you have on the field instead of spamming it into each other i mean like that would every other rts like any other rts out there Mm, that'd be interesting it would definitely change things I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, then you run into the problem where a trash army can never certain civs will. Uh, the one problem with that is that certain civs will just dominate. Trash armies will never work again. Uh, you'll have French knights that will just reign supreme. Um, it'll be whatever the highest value unit is, is just going to win, which already kind of happens with the pop cap anyways. Uh, but then trash army would be and that'd be a huge nerf to trash armies. Yeah, you're, uh, well, you're not wrong entirely there. I'd say that's that's a valid point to make that uh, like more expensive units uh, become better. But hmm. is that a bad but yeah, thing? But it also like solves would solve the problem of like okay, you're finally there. You're pushing, pushing, pushing into their base, and now their reinforcement is so much faster than mm, yours because yeah. you have the map to travel where they can just they're. All their production, their 20 production buildings are just instantly popping out reinforcements and with the defender's advantage already from defensive buildings and what have you, uh, you get to their base and it's like, I can't end the game right yet. Well, ideally, here's my my counter to that. Ideally, you should have a conga line going into that base where you're constantly producing so much. It doesn't matter anyways, because you've got the flood, the reinforcements already there and the ones queued up for a minute from now are already popping out and starting their long journey. It should be a conga line of reinforcements. Most often when I see that happen, it's just because they're not queuing up enough. You need to queue up more. And that's the big problem is as long as you've queued up enough, it should, in theory, be a conga line of reinforcements going into their base and it shouldn't matter. I, I just think that the, the fact that upon death, like another unit pops out and you're fighting in the, their base is such a huge defender's advantage. And I mean, my play style, I'd like to play aggressively. So yeah, I, I, guess, I guess my thought is like, coming from me, but yeah. it's just like. I guess, I guess my thing is like, like if I'm doing it right, it shouldn't be any different because my as I'm creeping forward steadily, I should have that line of reinforcements already equal to what his are. I mean, yeah, his are popping out right out of the base, but I've already got a lot more reinforcements coming out as well. Like if I'm losing it, as long as you don't, I guess the problem is if you're losing your units as fast as your opponent is, then then it works out. Otherwise, if you have a huge mass, I can see the problem. If you have a huge mass that isn't dying, that reinforcements gets cut off in the back. And then when your front dies, then the conga line starts again. So I guess I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I had one more thought I was going to add to that, but. Um, Sorry. I guess I, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. Something about a you, but something about late game. But um, anyways, uh, that is the last one we have. Uh, we'll take a very, very short break and come back to finish the episode with our brief extra sheeps. Hello, Sockerton here. This is the part of the show where I get to chat just you and me. Um, just a couple of house cleaning things. First of all, we are glad to be back. It has been a very long time, um, longer than we originally anticipated. And for that, I, I do want to apologize a little bit for. Uh, we weren't planning on taking quite as long of a hiatus as we did. 
Uh, but we did. I think we kind of needed the rest anyways. Sometimes you kind of get into the slog of things. It's nice to kind of kick back and just take a month off. Um, and we kind of did the holidays kind of stretched long. And then we had some stuff pop up, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, but it's good to be back. Glad we got this one up. Um, hope you guys are enjoying it. And yeah, so we will continue here on out to have more episodes every two weeks at most. So we're at minimum. Well, we might do next one. We might, we might have another episode doing next week. We might, well, I'll feel the waters out. We'll see. We'll see. Because Super Bowl Sunday is kind of a big deal out here. And I don't know if I want to be recording on that day. So well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we will be regular after that for sure. Like it's going to start being every two weeks. Uh, we're going to have stuff planned. We're not going to take a, a nearly as long of a break like that again. Um, probably not until maybe next to this end of this year. Maybe we'll take a break like that. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. But for the rest of the year, pretty much we're, we're back on it. So we are back. I'm sure you guys are probably pretty excited to have been able to have this episode already. Uh, other housekeeping things, uh, as you guys have may have recalled from Ask Lad in the beginning of this episode, the War Chief Club is now monthly. So for those of you wanting to test your medal in the Open War Chief Club, uh, that is a monthly thing. Uh, so in the interim between that, you can do the high level of Rising Empires if you're under that cap. If you're kind of right in that spot where you're like me conquer one, not quite not quite like ready to break into that top 500. Definitely do that. If you haven't done rising empires either as like a lower elo player, maybe you're in gold two, gold three. That's totally fine. Heck maybe if you're in silver, you can still take a stab at it. Um, if you're like plat platinum through diamond, it's definitely uh, where you should be at. You should be trying that out at least like once every couple months, right? Let's just, just go do it. It's a lot of fun. Um, they're really trying to up their uh, quality of production and uh, they've done just a really good job of keeping those running. I and mean, it's really nice that the guys, you know, do that. So I highly recommend um, another quick shout out to the uh, our friends over in the uh, the fun website that you guys all know, www.morenights.com. Uh, that's a fun thing. Little thing. We, we've been doing ads for those for a while, just kind of as a, a fun gimmicky thing. I really enjoyed uh, what they had. I thought their website was funny. And so the backstory behind that is I just started making ads for it. I don't think we were ever actually official for a while. We just started doing it just because it was a funny, like a meme almost. Uh, and then they really loved what I did. And so we kind of started collaborating and now we've got each other's links like in our stuff. So they can, you guys can link over to that. And if you go to their website, we've got a link to the podcast here. Uh, so yeah, it's just all fun. Uh, I really like those guys. Um, besides that, I don't have a ton right now. Um, one of these days I would love to do like a tournament. Um, haven't really talked to the guys too much about that. We've, we've, we've like vacillated on this before. Like it'd be really cool to do a tournament. Focusing on maps that have more sheep, maybe get a, a special map crafted. I might have mentioned this actually in previous episodes a number of times. It's definitely something that's still in the back of my mind. The hard part is like, what would that look like? Would that be for like low ELO? Would that be just like highest to high? Would we try and get as many of the top dogs as we can? Would, I have no idea what that would look like, but I want to do something like that. One of these days, we'll maybe get around to it. Life's busy. There's lots of other tournaments to compete with. I don't really want to compete with any of those. Um, so we'll see. But that's definitely something I'd like to do. Uh, if anyone's got any good ideas of maps or something like that, just send me a thing in Discord. That'd be great. Speaking of Discord, um, I don't usually plug this too often, but I do have a Discord um, for my, it's basically my, my Twitch Discord, but it also doubles up as our extra sheep Discord. Um, so I'm socketed on Twitch. You can find links to that in the description of this episode. Uh, if you want to send us questions about AOE you want us to talk about, or maybe you have topics or things you really want to hear more of, uh, send us a message. Like we're there. Uh, you can hop in, join our Discord for that. Um, we're pretty responsive. It's like one of the few discords I actually really like frequent because um, the Griot Bar is great. I really love Griot Bar, but there's just a lot of people on there. Um, and so I don't have time to cycle through all of the posts throughout there, uh, whereas my my own discord's a lot, little, a lot smaller. Um, so if anything specific for the sheep, otherwise, if you want to tag me in the Griot Bar, I will find it. That does 
ping me. So if you want to ping me for something like that, yeah, ping me, send us questions, send us topics you think we could do, um, things you think we could make better. Uh, or if you just want to send us good wishes, we love that too. We, I should plug the Patreon as well. I still do have some stickers and coasters. And by some, I mean, I've got like a stack of like 20 each. I'm still sending those out in pairs. So if you become a member of our, our Patreon and actually support us with your car, cold, hard cash, I will send that out to you. So um, the nice thing about how they're kind of small, they're like, it's like, like imagine like little paper coasters and like stickers, like nothing big. Uh, but the nice thing about them being small is I can mail them anywhere. So if you, it doesn't matter if you're in Germany, if you're in the UK, if you're in California, if you're in like, I don't know, if you're in Timbuktu, like I literally can just mail it out there. It's three stamps for me. It's not a problem. Whether or not it gets there is dependent on your local postal service. Uh, but it'll get out of the country at least. I can guarantee you that. Um, besides that, I think that's about all the housekeeping stuff I have. Um, we really appreciate the fact that you guys are still here listening. Uh, it, that's just great. The support, uh, the support we had uh, and have had from you guys has been just phenomenal. And I've had so many people message me the last week going, hey, are you guys coming back? That, that I, I was starting to feel guilty because I, I wasn't really very committed to just kind of getting it going again. I was kind of relying on everyone else to be like, are we doing this or not? And no one was doing that. And so I realized, oh, wait, it's my podcast. I need to be the one to kind of actually schedule. This is the day I'll be here recording. You guys got to be there or not. Um, so, so I did. So we have this for you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll send you guys back to the rest of the show with the extra sheeps. And we're back. Time for some extra sheeps. I've got a good one. Um, I will save mine for the end, however. Um, Askeladd, do you have an extra sheep? Oh, don't start with me. Now I have to actually make something up. Like, it's super late. My brain is not You're not going to speculate about a certain thing? I can go first. I can go for it. Go for it. Go first. It got some heavy, like, doing homework, like, the morning of in the class as the teacher's coming around to collect it. Can I copy yours? <laughs> um, extra sheep. Uh, it was great watching Lel uh, commentating it. It always is. I feel like I've been out of the game for a little bit. I was looking at AOE four worlds earlier in this episode and looking, yeah, my last ranked game was 14 days ago. So I do need to jump back into there, but uh just observations from lel uh i really want to start playing with order of the dragon because those gilded Age, those gilded spear dark age rushes looked so fun um for order of the dragon to pull off uh, that is i love that amount of pressure that early with such a bulky unit um i want to i want to start getting into that also, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I've been playing a lot of Jean d'Arc in the season, but I'd, I'd like to play a little French again. Seeing some pretty good uh, French plays in Lel. And I, you know, I kind of miss them. The eco bonuses are like just the villager production compared to compared to Joan. Um kind of like to play around with that again because i was big into french back in season two and uh i really like their play style they're a fun sub to play i agree all righty ask lad uh, homework's due please put it in my box on my desk please oh. i'm ready for it <laughs> oh no well uh anyway uh 
So since I was stuck playing uh, pseudo Pokemon and uh, oh god, lawsuit incoming. Uh, I'm sorry. And and shrouded <laughs> and before that Elden Ring, I my my whole AOE experience is basically a few far in between team games and uh, casting Watchies Club. And since Extra Sheep is kind of about learning new things, so I was surprised to see how much people focus on uh, Byzantine berries, mm. like. We we said we had the uh, like the math problem earlier with how much resources that actually is if they put a winery on it, but like yeah, it felt like uh, players were going out of their way and rushing Byzantines like there was no tomorrow, like it was an actual threat to play against Byzantines these days. <laughs> okay, that sounded condescending, and I'm no no no, it. it's it's fair. Anatan played Byzantines in every single one of his uh, best of threes in the Watchies Club playoff, and he was the winner. Yeah, he only lost against Wham with that. Byzantines is like everyone likes to joke that it's like this awful sieve. I think you do need to have a lot of skill to use it. But I wouldn't say it's like I, I don't look at Byzantines and just assume I'm going to win the game either. You know, it's it's they're in an interesting spot where like I feel like everyone kind of like. No one wants to admit that Byzantines is actually okay in some instances because um, they have just they it, it they just take so long to get going is the problem. They they have a hard time in feudal is all. Um, but I, I don't think they're the, like, are they the worst Civ? I don't know if I I have a hard time saying that no, when HR is out there I right now. Definitely not say, though. Yeah, it, they, they, the problem they have on the ladder is like uh, there's a lot of sushi and yeah. their food. Yeah, I agree. A lot of it's a lot of it's I think if Byzantines were playing against uh, HRE or like a couple other civs that just don't get as much like Abbasid or like other civs like that. I, I mean, we had, really well, we had but... the matchup of uh, Byzantines versus Rus like four, four or five times uh, like yesterday. And Byzantine has a positive win rate. Mm, wow. Also because it was Anatan playing. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> so it counts. He, counts. he was. The only the only game in that matchup he lost was against Wham, and I feel like he was in a good position mid game, but uh, then kind of dropped the ball going the uh, siege landmark and not making any siege mm. at all. Like he did, he made one cannon that game, and that was it yeah. against Masts, uh, Mangonel, and Strelzy, and yeah, yeah. Well, um, my extra sheep. I am pleased to say uh, is well, not really pleased to say this. This actually infuriated me. I was playing a game against uh, Azrus against. I actually talked about this earlier this today. I talked about it uh, when I was trying to beat uh, Joan of Arc as Roos, and it just felt like I couldn't kill her at all. And she got to age four that game. I realized this and I said right there, oh, this is gonna be my extra sheep. And I was kind of mauling about it at the time. But I don't know if anyone I mean, it's not everyone might be aware of this. Some of you might be like, well, of course, soccer, you didn't read the patch notes. I guess I didn't. But I did not realize that Joan of Arc. Little our, our dear our dear young maiden, um, Mrs. Ten Four Tim in the flesh. She, uh, I, I just love invoking Ten Four Tim and everything. Uh, but she can capture sacred sites, guys. She can capture sacred she sites. Can. Uh, I can. I don't know. That is insane. Like, I, I just like to me. I when I had I was happening. I was like, this is a bridge too far. I, I was like so upset about it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was just like pulling my hair out at this point, being like, what can she not do? Um, she cannot carry relics. Mm -hmm. Yep. OK, that's OK. One thing she can't do. Great. Um, she's also weak to Springles um, in uh, Imperial Age. Turns Calverins. Out. Calverins are amazing against Jenny level yeah. four. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's got she's got the weakness because she gains that uh, weakness to to that when she becomes essentially a siege unit. 
so there's like some weird mechanics about Joan of Arc that you just you got to kind of learn. Uh, those are those are a couple of them. So that's my extra sheep is that there's a lot to that unit that I need to figure out. Um, yeah. 50 experience to capture. And if it gets decapped, you can recapture it for another uh, 50. Dude, that's so broken. What? OK, oh. they didn't actually cap it. So I can just let my opponent just recap. Oh, my God, I'm doing that. <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything about the meditation gardens issue that we brought up <laughs> earlier, but <laughs> feels something. It, it feels a little uh, similar in scent. Uh, it Sorry, did, I didn't pay fishing. attention for the last 15 seconds. What happened? What? Uh, what? Meditation garden? Yeah, I no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not here. No, we don't talk about that here. Uh, guys, thanks so much for uh, hopping on today. Thank you, the viewer. Welcome back to the show. We're glad to be able to post this for you guys. Um, we will have more episodes coming out uh, every two weeks on out as best we can. Um, so till then, have a great. Actually, maybe we'll record next week if we can, because the Super Bowl Sunday is after. And that's kind of a big deal out oh. here in America. So lines are up seven nothing. We're not going to okay, see okay. Neville's. Don't, don't, don't tell me anything else. Don't tell me anything else. I'm going to watch that game gone. right now. I'm going to watch that game right now. But I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, we might have to record next week because next week is actually the Pro Bowl. And no one watches that because it's just it's nothing and then the week after that is the uh, i think next week is uh so not the not the fourth but the 11th is the super bowl i believe so or is it the 18th we'll be in touch we'll see we'll try and make sure we plan around that until then thank you so much this has been the x cheap have a wonderful wonderful day